The Tape Never Lies Network. Starts now. Keeping it 100, the best bear show on the planet, bar none. So the 2023 draft is in the books, and the Bears have 10 new grizzly bears. So I hope they're ready to work. We got a great show for you tonight. We got the one and only ESPN's Bears reporter, Courtney Cronin, fan favorite. And we got seventh round pick, first pick from Kennesaw State, Travis Bell will be on this show. So let's bring on the boys. Shane, the smartest man. Get off your phone. <laughs> I was I was finishing up the, the texting the uh internet service yeah, provider. It's all good. We got it no, last was, second. We get shit done, right? The I was away. finishing up the dishes at your house, Claude. I didn't want you to take my phone away. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> well, maybe snatch that shit. Uh, was, how are you guys feeling? Good. Recovering. Yeah, long week. We're covering from all of the coverage that we've put in, and I'm not gonna lie, I don't think I'm round of applause for you guys. I mean, I don't think I'm completely caught up yet. It was funny, Phil. Phil, what time do we talk Saturday night, Phil? You're like, bro, I don't know what it is about my forehead. I'm like, do you have like a thing like right here? (laughs) He's like, bro, yes, I do. Yeah, it was. I was. I was fucking spent, man. I was. I passed out on out. the couch. Whew, me too. On Sunday and on Tuesday. That's why yeah. it's the best network, Bears network on the planet. Though. I was told that since I was on air all week, I was going to be making a trip to the grocery store with the boss of the house. <laughs> I had to attend that. So that that was the extent of my Sunday. And I, beyond that, I didn't do too damn much. I took the fam out for lunch uh, Sunday and got home and Eli asked me, she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go take a nap. And I did. It wasn't a long one, but damn, did it feel good. Yeah, I got a great nap, two naps in. I needed it and been doing more shows and talking about the Bears, breaking it down and listen. Even being with my guy, shout out to Agnello and Sammy and Adam Rank from the Sick Podcast, our brothers over there. In truth, it's been it's been tough. Again, you know, it's weird because f- some fans just want sugar sweet yep. analysis. They want everything to be, and I'm. That's not how never, life is. That's not how life is. Yeah, Life's I'm not just, all sugar. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my name to something I don't believe. And you troll ass pussies that continue to go to a level about whether it be Mac Jones, for example. Last I checked, Mac Jones' story hasn't 
finished. He's not uh, Wilson in, in in New York. So yeah, the the stuff on that Phil has like, oh stuff on that God. has more to do with people that want like you to be wrong or me to be wrong or cars or or anybody <laughs> that's analyzing. It has nothing to do. They probably they probably haven't watched Mac Jones throw twenty five passes in the NFL. You know, for the most part, and they just want them to be wrong because they remember DDP on draft night, Mac Jones, baby. Listen, I've never, I've never hid from my analysis ever, and I never will, because you know what? I am so grateful for you, amazing fans. Like I'm so tired of the trolling negativity. It's just a shit show of people that think they know football. How much tape do you think I'm watching? It's like, it's unbelievable the amount of tape that Ivan and myself have had to go through. It's just watching to prepare for this draft and get to the point where you see Eric Kramer say, and you see me say. Called it. Called it. Darnell Wright, give in. And what is it? Like, I don't know. We're leading up to the draft, and I'm nervous as hell. Jalen Carter, we destroyed that. He wasn't even on the fucking Bears draft board. Did that coincide with the analysis that we brought at? I mean, I'm sorry, troll boys. It's like, that's what the tape said. And that's where you got to go. You can't just flip-flop. I've never once said Skaronsky is a perfect prospect. I've never fucking once. In fact, I was so against it. I'm having anxiety that the Bears would fuck this up and take a guard. And it's like you put this time, you put this energy, you put this effort into it. And you got people questioning Everybody's going to make mistakes in analysis. We've never hidden from that. But the reality is, don't question the integrity at this network. That's just ridiculous. So if I don't like Javon Dexter and I have my concerns about him, whether you agree or not, that's going to be uncovered when they go out on the field. But for my eyes, I will show you why instead of getting all panicky and stop being meatballs like that's it i don't i didn't like the pick i still don't like the pick and i'll still stay there and i will pray every day that i'm wrong because you know why i cheer for the goddamn jersey i don't care about the bs and all that shit we're just never gonna change here and if I would, I never try to mince words. I try to be clear because I know people take things and run with it. It's just like when you do the film and break down, let me come watch your film. Let me see how you've broken this down because 90% of people are watching highlights on these motherfuckers. Highlights. That's not how you scout. That's not how you do it. And when you look at the tape and you see the truth and we've shown the patrons, they have an understanding. When you can come up here and fucking do this, 
Show me your show. Show Shane your show. Me and Shane debate back and forth because we we have passion for this. This isn't absolutely. Tonight we're gonna we're gonna debate. We're gonna get into a fight. Never have old network. Always organic. Everything on this fucking show is organic. All the all the times that Phil and I talk on the phone or text, I don't think still to this day we've ever one time when we were going on air that night said so what's the plan for the show tonight <laughs> honestly and i mean a lot of people are shocked by that i mean we came from a place that a lot of stuff had to be written down and scripted and stuff not for us but for others Other and people we've never never done that you know we part of the if you're a patron you get a pop-up show i mean we just we react we want it to be raw emotion bhl that's why people love it so much bears game ends phil does his rant and you look down and there's 2500 people live in the chat you can't even keep up with it it's just going all the way down through it even tries it's part <laughs> of being it's part of being a fan none of it is scripted None of it is the, you know, one of the phrases that we use all the time now is surface level bullshit. That's not what we are. That's never what we'll be. It's raw emotion. I'm not down as down on Dexter as, as Phil is. It doesn't mean that I think that Phil's a dumbass. That's a healthy debate. If you have a room full of people in consensus, then you draft Mitch Trubisky. That's what happens. Yeah. You force it. It's and you're in a cult. It's another word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been around football my whole life, and I only could speak from my heart. And I, I get that I'm not going to be, nor this network is going to be for everybody. If you want happy, happy time, go to Romper Room Land and watch somebody else's breakdown, where they're going to pull highlights, and that's where their clips are. For me, the passion and the pride. And the ability to come on here and talk about anything. The first time I tonight's guest in the seventh round, I looked at Shane during draft. Pull pull the fucking clip. I got nothing. I didn't study, and I would never pretend to know anything about Travis Bell. Oh, I yeah, I mean, I I didn't, didn't know. know. Didn't yeah. know. And that's really the truth, I mean, if you can't get to the point, and if you're starting a podcast, you're doing whatever, and you want to get into this, my words of advice for you. If you're starting out, you can't take it serious. You got to learn to be yourself. Authentic. authentic. You got to be authentic. That's the word right there. Just you got to be that. And and then People gonna you like get to a level like where... It's just flowing. Then, you know, you got to surround yourself with good people. This network stands by this truth. And there's never a script. I don't even know what I was going to say tonight. But it just before the show, I brought a lot of people in to my circle. I meet a lot of people. We've met some amazing people. We've developed huge friendships and relationships how many people could say they wore a Chris Zorich jersey as a kid and now 
we talk about life for fucking three hours in an afternoon together. I don't know. I'm a lucky guy on some levels of that. How many people have gone through what Shane and cars and myself have gone through and shared it live on their show? I mean, this is where we invite you as a part of the family. This weekend, I was so fucking emotionally touched because I was exhausted and I've been dealing with a lot as a dad of teenage girls. Let's so just keep that. And one of our patrons reached out to me and was like, I don't know if I could share his name because I don't know if he wants that limelight, but I just want you to know at the moment where I was asking God, like, I'm exhausted, God. I am so tired. What am I going to do? I get a DM. I just want to send you something to feed your entire family tonight. It was that. like. I got that same DM. Oh, my God. And it was like, oh, my God. That's what this shit is about. And it meant so much to me. I, I, I promised to share it. And that really. I took the family to Texas Roadhouse. And Devin loves the fucking bread there. I don't know if you've ever been there, Shane. Oh, yeah. Oh, that fucking yeah. sweet bread with the yeah. cinnamon butter they have. Yeah. I'm sure. eating no carbs. So I'm sitting there drooling, looking at them, but waiting for my steak. But it was just, anyway, it just meant a lot. I, I felt like I had to rant like that because I just, I just emotionally talk. So if there's any kind of DM in the chat or whatever, I don't see it. When the guys put it up, then I respond to it. So if I offended you, like remember that one guy, Shane? I was like, get him the fuck out. He, he meant something else. He wrote a fucking three-page apology. I'm and so I was like, sorry, DDP. And what did I say? I go, oh, my God, well, I, I took it the you wrong You talked to me about it. I'm like, tell him. Tell him Go do a lap. So that's <laughs> <what I'm doing. laughs> I had to put some of we Shane's humor on it. But yeah, that's what this this show is. And you know, we get shit from other people. They don't want to invite us on their shows. They don't want to invite us on their shows. They want to come on our show. And that's what's special about Adam Rank. I'll keep it a hundred. Yeah. He is not, he is all about talking about ttnl on total access okay, where's the shirt where's I'm the shirt on tv and he, wouldn't he wouldn't answer my question last night though <laughs> took that thing right now but, but there's some <laughs> people that you just know are family and they they just do what's best we're never all gonna agree on anything and i was telling greg braggs of chgo i'm like you can't let these fans, these trolls, these people get under your skin. I'm not smart. You're never going to please everybody. You're just not. You're just never going to. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, it's going Angelo, bad. do you remember Greg Braggs? Mm, no, no. <laughs> I try to remember everyone. I, I went on a little confessional rant. Because I feel like Shane and myself have poured our heart and soul into this from, what was it, Shane? January, from the Super 16 
bowl show, the national championships, we just focused on college football, the draft, and free agency to get Bears fans the complete truth. No sugarcoating shit. And yeah, we take our shots at dumb surface level bullshit. But everybody's invited on the show. Uh, anybody, you name them, they could come on the show and, and talk it out. Uh, anyone. Well, who's the dude? I, I always, he gets under my skin. What's his name from Windy City? I always ask you his name. I never can remember. Oh. Infante? Thank yeah, you. Jacob Infante. Surface level analysis, flip-flop. Come on the show. We could talk it out. Talk it out. Anybody. Schmitz. Robert Jingleheimer Schmitz. Bring him on the show. Let's talk it out. We brought Peter Bukowski on the show, Shane, and talked it out with him. Yeah. Right? Mr. Uh, exactly. Jordan Love no one, fan club number one. There's no one. He's got no choice. No one that we will say. I'm waiting. Cap is supposed to pick David Hall, who's been a thorn in Shane's side for years. And yeah, mine, I just, I'll say. Mine, too. Just negative all the time. Right. Let's talk it out as we prepare, prepare for a new era in Chicago Bears football. That's what it, this should be about. That's what yeah. this should be about. It's almost like there's a healing process. But at the end of the day, everybody's watching this network, this show. Everybody. And that comes from the media and the players. They're watching and they're judging or stealing or taking ideas. Or want to come on or want a t-shirt. I got guys, why didn't I get a t-shirt? Like, you never asked. You never asked. But that's where you guys stand for the truth. Because it's you fans that love Shane, Carr, whoever your favorite, Coach O, Ivan, Claudio, fucking even Jackal. We were put in a corner saying we couldn't do it. Three-hour show? Who's going to watch that? There's no commercial. The drops You got to do this every great. week? We do it every week, too? God damn it. <laughs> See you guys in September, he says. <laughs> it was really great. For <laughs> that was fun, guys. Was fun, See you next season. <laughs> See you guys in the fall. Like, Phil, oh, we going to tell him or we give him a couple like, weeks off? It happened right here. Was it here? Or was it in the old studio? I think it was I in the old, the old studio. Oh, yeah. It's definitely bingo. The old studio. Bingo, Logan. He's at bingo. <laughs> oh, where's the miss yeah, Alan. He's... I miss Alan. I wrote Alan. I was like, we miss you on there. I'd reply to this text, Phil, but I don't have fucking time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's cooking. He's always cooking. He's, he's always never picked meals. up the phone once. I got some potatoes, and I'm just trying to get the lighting right so I can pop a picture of this shit. When you call someone, we love you, Alan, and you go straight you. to voicemail, but it's immediately followed from a text. Yeah. Like Shane does that. Be like, I'm in a meeting, call you right back. I don't know how the fuck he types it so fast, unless it's already pre done. No, no, you hit it'll pop up, and I just hit custom, and I'm 
boom, you boom, type boom. it that quick. Yeah, dude. Man, Man. of many talents. You got a lot of talent. Fast at a lot of things. Ask Hila. Call you right back on the phone with my dad. <laughs> He's like, real quick. I don't think I – I sometimes text right away, like if I'm in a meeting. But I usually try to pick up. I usually try to pick up. But I'm a talker. So some of the things in text in your chats, I don't want to let anybody down. Went on a rant tonight because I'm tired of the – the trolls and the fucking Twitter GMs, like, show me your analysis why. I'm standing in front of everyone. I could go right now and pull up the tape of Darnell Wright and show you why this network decided it was him at nine before the draft. We got him at 10, though, because Ryan Poles was smart enough, Clay Harbor, to fucking trade down one spot, fully knowing, fully knowing, you're not, I'm not going to lose Darnell. You want this lazy mug at three tech? Fine. I can't lose yeah, Darnell. There's, there's lots I'll take of, a fourth. There's lots of rumors out there now. I mean, uh, PFF Brad was on breaking down the draft, talking to, to people about the Bears draft, and he said that he's been told that the Jalen Carter story is not over yet. Ronetta. No. What's up, girl? The, the Jalen Carter, I mean, how many hours? If Ivan or we had somebody that had time to just clip the Jalen Carter segments from January 28th all the way to now. It's never, ever fucking changed. Not taking him. Can't do it. It's well, the it's wrong not even, message. Red it's flags. Not even, He's lazy on the field. He's loafing yeah. here. Was, he yeah, makes one dynamic play. the off-field stuff, yeah. I was yelling at Claudio. I told him to shut the fuck up yeah, on the draft when he said I'd watch the tape like you guys. What do you want me to do? It's like, come on, the dumbest thing in the world would have been to take Jalen Carter. But everybody but a lot of people in the media were also saying it too. Though. Because it the just, media doesn't I, watch. I understand. That's the point. That's they what just I'm heard to say. hear a name from Mel Kuyper. Yeah. I think Todd McShay is They're doing all this work. Tape. Todd says he's watching. I'm watching a lot of tape. You listen to Todd, and it's no offense to Courtney's network, but Todd's like in the middle. If you listen to them, which I have, yeah, I'm talking to a lot of people around the league. Why the fuck are you talking to people? Who cares what they're saying? What do you think, Todd? Hey, you could talk to every GM in the NFL. They're and all I'm different. Willing to bet that. Ninety-four percent of them are lying to you. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, come on. It's like it's like poker. You're not going to tell somebody. Jalen Carter went to the absolute best spot for him to be he successful. Hundred percent. If he fails, I want to see all of you who said. Oh, 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 Jalen, the Bears are so fucking dumb, da-da-da. I want to see all of you apologize. That's what I want to see. 
Because if a guy doesn't love the game of football and a guy doesn't play hard but is given every God-given talent in the world, guess what? When he gets paid, he ain't going to play hard. Unless his peers, which in Chicago, he doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have a Khalil Mack and a Robert Quinn. He's got Justin Jones, Dominic Robinson, and so on and so forth. So you avoided putting a negative energy in your locker room. And he went to the best place for him to be successful. And that's it. Speaking of being successful, going to the best place. This woman was once wearing purple in Minnesota. Nobody's perfect, Phil. I know. <laughs> it hurts to see it because we did not produce the new intro for her. But she's wearing navy, orange, and white now and coming at you live every, I think she's going to break all this down, how she's going to be used as the Chicago Bears now will be on ESPN 1000, the home, home of the Bears. Home of the Bears. You see this woman on everything on ESPN. She's like our family, and then you see her up there. And you're like, I know her. Look yeah. at her killing it. She's crushing it. Let's we bring remember her, her when she was playing NBA Live 95 in her mom's basement. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> NBA Live 95. Let's bring her out. You know her from ESPN 1000. She's the Bears beat reporter for ESPN. Let's bring her out, Courtney Cronin. With all the changes the Bears made this offseason, it also includes new beginnings for members of the media. Even though she covered the team in purple that continues to throw gobs of guaranteed money at Kirk Cousins. No, God! But more importantly, Chicago and Chicago Bears fans are excited to welcome her back home where she belongs. Yes, they're big shoes to fill. But she's just the one to fill them, and we couldn't be happier about it. Bears fans, TTNL fans, please stand up and brush off those welcome home mats and help us welcome the new Chicago Bears beat reporter for ESPN and ESPN Radio. She's Courtney Cronin. Go Bears! Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Tired. Yeah, we're recovering. Yeah, long draft week. I know that feeling. And Shane, by the way, it was not. It's NHL '94. It was on Sega. That was. Oh, is that what it was? Same realm. I just had to point it out. Uh, in case you got fans out there, Sega, Sega. How do you say Sega. that? Sega. I, Sega, I always yeah. said Sega. Sega. It's easier yeah. from the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> you always I have a Western, right? Sega. 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 
Sega. I've never heard Sega. <laughs> Sega. That's how it went, right? Was there a commercial for it that I'm unaware no, of? No, when you put your cartridge in, yeah, it, it would go, Sega. See? Ours didn't sing. I think we probably got the knockoff version of it. <laughs> <laughs> we, you weren't we, paying attention to that. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. It's been, I mean, I've got the playoffs going right now. It's wild that like, this is such a fast two-month stretch where you go Ugh. from the draft into NBA and NHL playoffs. And for me, it's the biggest, you know, the, one of the busiest times of year not in season because there's so much going on before, you know, like, you know, I pick up a lot of my work in the summertime when, you know, the main people at my network go on vacation. And for me, it's like, that's that's my grind time so now is it's a great time to get to you know kick back a little bit but it doesn't feel like there's much of a break because there's an NBA game on every single night more or less until the end of June and just a lot like you know we just got done with the draft rookie mini camp this week it's it's a lot all at once but it's good do you do they have you covering other sports or you just focus on the bears and the beat of that I mean, the beat's the main thing I do, but, you know, we don't just – we barely talk about the Bears on Around the Horn, and so you got to uh, be, you know, tuned in to everything else. And, I mean, radio's the same way, but it's – I mean, we were so NFL draft heavy the last couple of weeks, and I kind of, like, take a step back from it, and you can breathe uh, a little bit of, you know, just like have a little bit of decompression from it because, God, that was a long couple of months, and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers oh. – Jets during draft week and then hours before the draft Lamar signed yeah. you know agrees to his deal we still haven't seen any sort of formal contract uh with the Ravens but what a wild couple months of the offseason and and now to see how all the pieces have have you know sorted out and and where they've fallen is it's nice it's nice to kind of take a step back and see what the last four or five months have been like it is it's so crazy Phil and I were just talking about that you put so much work and you're like oh my god we're still you know a month and a half away from the draft and you're like it's never going to get here and then it gets here and then you're like what what it's over it's done yeah. and yeah, it's it's, it's almost like it, wedding planning yeah uh, i know you haven't had that happen for you yet courtney but it's this you're constantly the caterer the cake the suits the wedding dress, obviously. Say yes to the dress. All that. And then it's the event, the DJ. And then it's over. And it's like, holy cow, did I just it just went by like that. For us though, the draft, I think I was debating. I don't know where you feel like, can we move the draft up closer towards March? Like right after free agency, then the draft, like in the end of March. Mm-hmm. And and this long over analyzing and just craziness. The NFL it. wants though, man. They want that, <laughs> that build round, up. It's a year-round calendar. And now, you know, next Thursday we've got the schedule release. Schedule. So there's yep. something on the books every single week, more or less, outside of a couple weeks in the summer. And then, you know, all summer we spend debating divisions and who's going to finish first and what the quarterbacks are going to look like in the AFC South because there's a whole bunch of new ones like it's just it's never ending I I remember one year I actually thought about this the other week because the draft is for more you know last couple years it's been the exact same time I think 2020 Easter fell 
the weekend yeah. after the draft, I want to say. And it was it was earlier than 23rd. In 2014, I was covering a Mississippi State player named Gabe Jackson, who's now an offensive line free agent. I don't, you know, I think he was with Seattle last. Um, he was getting drafted by the Raiders, and I was yep. doing his draft part. I was like covering his draft party to see if he was gonna sneak into the end of the you know first round, and he didn't. And I looked back at the date. That was like May 10th. You guys remember that year? How yes. was? Shane was yeah. talking about that when I was complaining. Yeah. He's like, dude, I don't you remember? It wasn't so late that year. Does anybody remember? Like they pushed they pushed it just to try to see okay. what was there. They did give a specific reasoning for it. I forget exactly what it was, but everybody lost their shit that year. Like it's yeah, I. It's halfway to June. Like, yeah, exactly. Because camps had already, you know, with uh, with OTAs and everything, and then rookie camp, it, you barely had like any time yep. for any of those guys could get acclimated when mandatory camp starts because the same stop start time of when the you know preseason preseason ends before you get to training camp was the same. It just that was bizarre to me, and I know that was a one hit wonder, and thank God because yeah. I think that it's <laughs> oh, May to just get used to you know for for these players too i mean the bears have rookie camp this weekend and then you know the they're in phase two now of otas it's it's a process and i think you've really got to use your off-season time wisely because if you don't like the season and, and training camp first sneaks up on you so quickly and i know we all feel that so i'm, oh, yeah. I'm happy with where the schedule's at right now courtney how many hours of tape did you grind through this offseason of Travis Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to like hear what you guys think. Like, yeah. I know we got him. I mean, and it's such a slog at the end of the draft. Like, we, we waited all that time until the seventh round. Yeah. And it's like when you get these guys on Zoom, especially these late picks in the seventh round, there's not a lot of information out there about them. Yeah. So, right. Anybody who says, oh, yeah, like I had him pegged in the seventh. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, shit. Like, like, he didn't know who he was until. I exactly. But it was, it was cool because I wasn't expecting that reaction from Ryan Poles on a seventh round. No. That could have been Crazy. a priority free agent where he says he's one of his favorite people and telling us a story that, you know, he was, you know go into some of these he was he has a, apparently had a full-time job i'd love to know what that full-time job is oh, we'll find out we'll find we're out tonight find he's out coming, out tonight. He's coming on right after you yeah i heard and and no i'm excited to hear about that he was like so he, he i couldn't tell where he was if he was watching the draft at um kennesaw state it looked like it might have been a conference room but he's like i'm just yeah i'm like you know i was watching it with my girlfriend and I got the call from Ryan Poles and he yeah. was like crying and he couldn't really like, you know, hold it together. And when Poles told us that this is somebody who did kind of like the Juco thing of you work a full-time job and you go to school and play football, like you just don't see that ever at the power right. five level. And I think there's an appreciation factor with guys like a true one with guys who come from backgrounds like that where you really had to earn it. And I'm not at all saying anything about guys from the SEC, Big Ten, any of those conferences, but it's different when football is is not the only thing you have to focus on. Like you're supporting yourself, you're going to school, and you're doing football as the, 
the extra. And right. I, I'm excited to hear about what his story is. Obviously, he's a seventh round pick. Guys, you know, we've seen seventh round picks stick before. We'll see what kind of role they envision for him. He's a third defensive tackle they took, but I I'm really intrigued to get to know him because usually you don't get sold like that by the general manager on not a top pick. And I think that's really intriguing. He sent me his tape today. So I was able to cut some of it up for his intro that we mm -hmm. produced for him and watching his tape, you get excited about it. I, I won't spoil that, but there's a, there's traits there at a three technique that I see in regards to what they're seeing. And when you couple that with what he was saying, to your point, you got to be excited, especially that seems to be a pick directly from the GM. Like, no, I'm yeah. taking this guy. I don't want to lose him. I don't want to try to finagle and fight with another team in a UDFA market. This guy's perfect for our locker room. So, I mean, when you're a rookie coming in and the story, listen, that's a leg up for your, for your story as you get to camp. And we know how this football team has worked. Like you said, with seventh round, I mean, late round picks anywhere have had a history. There's been more seventh round Hall of Famers than there has been other round hall of famers if you look into that it's crazy like fourth fifth round are not, don't have as many as the seventh round so it is what it is i want to talk about the opening though first did you feel because you have this past relationship with kevin warren and as that clock struck 12 and the pumpkin of ted collapsed Ted Phillips gets pushed up. So whatever his position is now, and now Kevin's in the building. Could you feel that as this draft set its course opening night? I don't know if you felt it like if there was any sort of like moment where mm -hmm. it became clear. We know that he started on April 17th, so like officially started, but yeah. he's been around. I mean, I sat down with him at owners meetings and he was still balancing Big Ten commissioner duties along with his role as the Bears team president. And it's it was a remarkable undertaking, but I think that speaks volumes to how he wanted to leave the Big Ten and like the state in which he wanted to leave it, where it wasn't, hey, I'm getting hired by the Bears, I'm I'm leaving now. It was a natural transition period. And for him to start to form his staff of people that he's going to be bringing over with him to the bears. That takes time. It's not a snap. I mean, of course you have like your short list of candidates and people that you expect, you know, to follow you from the big 10, maybe even some requests that will eventually get put in places like Minnesota. But I think he's been very methodical in how he's approached this. And we know the stadium project, I expect this summer we'll probably have an announcement on like when the actual groundbreaking will start um, we know there's like some plans in place. The Chicago Tribune put a story out this afternoon about like stuff trending in that direction. It's, you know, the one thing that struck me as it relates to like him being here and being part of things is the relationship with himself and Ryan Poles. Like he yeah. was a part of all of the draft, you know, the draft meetings. Yep. And even, even when he wasn't in the building, he's still in constant communication like daily with Ryan Poles and having that, you know, bridging the gap between the business side and the football side. And 
think it was Tyler Scott. I want to say it was one of the it was one of the fifth round picks. I'm fairly sure, certain it was him. They show the Bears draft room and to Ryan Poles to this side of him, so to his left uh, is Ryan is is Kevin Warren and. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Like you don't typically see the team president get That's, involved to the level where it's like, you know, usually he was on the phone at one point talking to. Some he was of talking them. to all of them. He was yeah. talking to him, and I yeah. go, "Listen, there's, just, I think Bears fans, you could speak on. I know Chris Zorich spoke on it, but mm-hmm. I just don't think they realize how good they got it with this guy." as a communicator, a human being, and being able to relate where past presidents could never relate to a player and to cross that bridge of Hollywood, business side, and player relationship side. I I just felt his presence in this draft. (laughs) I I look at what you like all the things you said, Phil, just about the you know all the things that he brings here. And when he was at owners' meetings, you know Kevin's a very well-known person in the NFL circles, even though he hasn't been in the league now for what like just like three years. Um, right, that's not a long time, but like his resume speaks for itself, and his connections are one of the biggest reasons that the Bears will benefit, because not just because of getting the stadium built, but modernizing this franchise. And I, I think from the perspective of him being a part of what Ryan Poles is building, but also like not stepping on toes. Like he knows that Ryan Poles at the end of the day, that's his show to run. Like he's in charge, he's the general manager. He's the head person of football operations. And I think there's a mutual respect and an understanding. I talked to Kevin about this at, at owners meetings. Like just where did Ryan Poles, like how did he get on his radar? Like, because it's not, there's no natural tie. And of course, you know, and Chris could probably tell you this just from, you know, he was, he was Kevin's first client. Like Chris or Kevin was in Kevin Warren was in Kansas city after law school. And I believe that's where his career first started out. So he had a natural tie to the chiefs just because Mm -hmm. some, he said, I think he had one or two clients from there, like early clients, Chris Zorich level, like, you know, day one sort of people. Mm -hmm. And He'd always had like a mutual respect for the organization. He was obviously a part of the Rams when they were in St. Louis. And so he always was aware. And so I think too, this is not like, oh, Ryan Poles popped out of nowhere. When you're as successful as someone like, like consider him like a C-suite executive. He is he is that level, even though exactly. like, we don't have those people in the NFL. Like we have like front office executives, but think of like, the head of a Fortune 500 company. That's how I consider someone like Kevin Warren because of the impact and because of how many people, um, like his network touches. And you know, when Ryan Poles is coming up in 2021, he interviewed with Carolina for mm. the GM job that Scott Fitterer got, and it was right around that time that you know, like Poles had been on radars because typically. The way this works in the NFL, it's not like you just pop out of nowhere. You, when you're coming through the ranks, especially in front office positions, there's the accelerator program. There's 
so many different ways to try that they try to get people exposure, especially minority candidates, that I think it, you know, everybody knows each other, even if you haven't met somebody face to face. And that's what I gathered from Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles, just hearing from both of them about their initial interaction. And when when Kevin got wind that uh, Ryan was going to interview for the Minnesota job, same time he was interviewing for the Bears job, he reached out to him and said, like, anything you need, you know, because Kevin had been there for so many years, which, you know, they knew of each other, certainly. And of course, they've been very cordial, I'm sure. You know, I don't know how many times they ran into each other over the years, but I know that there was the, like, he knew who he was. And obviously, Kevin was a high-powered executive in his own right um, in the NFL at that time and then into the Big Ten. So Kevin reached out to him before he made the decision to come down to Chicago and, and not take the Vikings job. And, you know, I, I know that that was like that relationship has been set in stone for a while. This isn't, hey, I started April 17th officially. Right. right. Off the ground. That's like big, actually. I think they already had a feeling that this thing was going to work. Because even before Kevin officially started, like, the April 17th date, he was at the Combine, which I, I'm i writing this, this this feature on Ryan Poles for, like, the offseason. And there's, like, a little part of it that I can, you know, kind of share. Like, they were – there were some pretty important meetings that were happening at the Combine, not just number one pick and changing hands. And I wrote about that, like, how that whole process went down between Pol- from the Bears side and from the Carolina side – but there's high-powered agents meeting with the teams. Everybody yeah. who's got free agents has their representatives. Everybody, th- those people are there. Like, they're meeting with teams before the legal tampering period starts. Yeah, it's the official start of free agency is the yeah. combine. Yeah. And so Kevin Warren was there for a day because Ryan Poles wanted him there in those meetings. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. Like, no. I think about some of the other teams that I've covered and having the team president in the meetings – with a general manager when the general manager manager's talking shop and numbers and salary cap and all these things with agents to try to gauge, Hey, we're willing to go this far for a player financially. Like you just never see a team president involved at that level. So that to me, like that was where my antenna went up because that's different. Like that's, that's very different. You don't hear of that happen. So I checked around the league. I was like, am I crazy to think that this is kind of, you know, a noteworthy item. And I was told, no, I mean, like, that's it's a pretty rare thing to see. You don't see team presidents walking around Indianapolis at the combine. You see general managers, you see coaches, but and, and scouts, of course. But that was, I think, a telltale sign that, again, this is not something that this is a very organic relationship. It wasn't a pairing um, that was formulated for them. I can tell they want to work together. And for... The age difference between the two of them, I think one of them told me that like, you know, it's kind of like you feel like you've already known this person for a very long time. And it's, I mean, it's kind of similar to how Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles came together. And I mean, they hadn't worked together before they got to Chicago and they have an incredible relationship. Ryan Poles has been very intentional in the people that he surrounds himself with. And of course, the Bears hired Kevin Warren. It's not like that was solely you know, Orion Poles, yes or no box that was checked. But I think that he had a pretty considerable say, especially in the power structure with how this now goes back to where he's reporting to Kevin. It's not to George anymore, like we talked about the last time I was on. And 
there just seems to be a breath of fresh air in how the the relationships have been formed and how they function uh, within what everybody's job title is and what people are responsible for. And I just, I mean, I feel like it's a really good pairing. Now we'll obviously be able to grade it and like judge it years down the line to see how this thing pans out. But from, from a fresh air perspective, this franchise, as you guys know, desperately needed it. And I think that, Evan yeah, Warren provided that um, a lot this year so far, and he's only been he's only officially been on duty for a couple weeks. <laughs> Those war room videos, I I've watched them a few different times, and when they made the first pick, you see Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren embrace, and it's not just a normal "Hey, mm-hmm. great job!" and go. They stayed embraced for a little bit longer than the normal. And to me, that was very powerful Sure, because it was, it was Ryan Pohl's first, first round pick. It was Kevin Warren's first really big transaction as Chicago bears president. And I think, you know, it, it's this whole new direction. And I just watched it over a couple of different times. And like I said, it was that moment meant a lot. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't see that with Ted. Everything just seemed to be, have so many layers of bullshit and you know everything was everything was fake with him and bears fans deserve it you know it's just mm-hmm. the, the the whole different the the ship is not aimed at the iceberg anymore yeah. and I, I think that that's that's a big that's a big deal i think like the one thing i've especially this week just with and i know the white Sox won two games and that's great i don't know i think they're playing tonight i don't know if they're winning right now but like I've seen some Bears fans, and obviously I cover this. I I see this from a different perspective. I don't have a dog in the fight one way or the other. I cover the team. You have to remain objective about it. And when people do things right, you write about that. And when people do things that are deemed wrong, you write about that too. But there are a lot of Bears fans, I think, who were upset. No defensive end, whatever. That's We can get some minutia of the draft and saying, well, the direction of this team. They haven't done anything yet. Like there's nothing to be really excited about. They're definitely like, there's definitely a lot of work to be done on this roster, but you have to like, like if you're a Chicago sports fan, I know we have people from all over on this, on this uh, live stream right now. But if you think about like what this city, like in the other teams in this city and how they present themselves publicly, like, look at the bullshit that's been spewed by the White Sox and the tech conference yeah. that Jerry Reinsdorf was at and how he was talking about streaming and just kind of how the callous nature of how that came yeah. across. Maybe I'm the only one who felt that way. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the one yelling, sell the team, but <laughs> like, there's just a level of competence that you feel when you hear Ryan Poles honestly assess the roster and say, yeah, there's going to be holes on it. And we have time to fix this. It's not going to get done in one off season. It's not going to get done in one false swoop. Like that honesty. And then right. hiring a heavy hitter in Kevin Warren. This is not just some run of the mill candidate. This is somebody who's one of the most powerful mm-hmm. voices in sports, period. Like, So you know that the direction is going to be always going back yeah. to winning games where – It felt like in the past, we do it this way, Mm -hmm. and that's it. We're not going to take any chance. We're not going to trade up for LaDainian Tomlinson. We're not going to do this. 
We're not going to make waves. We're, we're going to hire a safe guy. We're going to hire the good old boys network. Oh, Andy Reid says he's a good coach. Let's hire him. He's really great. It, Kevin Warren will cut that BS the hell out of there. I'm sure there's people at Hallis Hall right now nervous as shit that they're going to talk with him and he's going to, goodbye, we don't need you. It was nice meeting you, but we have to move in. And that's really what this friend, this mom and pop shop that if you have the world by the balls, really, as the Chicago Bear, the charter franchise, and you run it like you're the bodega down the street, that's the problem. All of a sudden, a guy comes in here and gets, as Shane says, if you got LeBron, whether you love LeBron or not, but if LeBron James is like, what's up, big dog? Congratulations on the Yeah. That's how, that's where he's at. I mean, Courtney and Kim Kardashian are probably looking for a vegan menu option at Soldier Field. And Kevin's going to have that for that. That's the reality of what this guy does. And that's really where we're at. And I'm excited about him. And that's, I think, just for this city, like like I was saying about, you know, with, with the Reinsdorf ownership of the Bulls and the White Sox and, like, this constant cycle of purgatory. I feel bad yeah. for fans of both of those franchises. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same story every single year, just in a different version. And I don't believe they've taken, like, let's take the White Sox, for example. What risks have they taken? Right. Like, Larice Roberts is supposed to be an MVP candidate and look at what's happening. Look at the friction within that team and look at how that team's run. And it's the same idea. Like, and I know Phil, like you've, you've, you know, I've verbalized this kind of like the same systemic issues that have happened with the bears kept getting pushed through every single year, whether it was a different hire, but it felt like a safe hire. And I feel like there are several other sports teams here that kind of mirrored that old idea that the Bears used to have. Absolutely. Now the Bears are gone, like gone completely, like like wide or wide left on this, like a, a, just a hard turn from what they were like, deviating from the mean. And there's other teams now that have to look at themselves in this city and say, you know, they can't just default to well, the Bears have done it this way. They're the laughing stock of the NFL. They're you know exactly. rooted in their own nonsense. Like things are changing and I know that sometimes change, especially when it's like changing of the roster can be a really long process because of what they had to do when they first got here and how long that took and three wins is not easy for a fan to to sit through. But if you watch the process, if you're like really interested in how the process of a team gets taken from one place and shifted completely over to the other way, like to another area, like, that's a that's a you can write a book about that. That's not yeah. just like something that happens overnight, and we're seeing it in real time. Which, frankly, you don't get to see these things happen all that often if they're done the right way. And I know it's early, but it's certainly I can just appreciate the honesty element of it because exactly. most times when you get GMs who sell you a bill of goods um, on one thing and then their actions reflect something different. Like that's typically a sign of somebody changing course and maybe not being as committed to their original plan that they yeah. talked about um, as as they as they talked about. So yeah, the, the, the off season before you came down from Minnesota, that was mm-hmm. exactly what we were living. It was the 
off-season presser with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and Ted Phillips and George, and they, you could tell they all met in a room before the, the presser, and that was the word of the day was collaboration. collaboration. Mm-hmm. And they, they, it was so – they just kept on repeating it and repeating it. Every time one of them talked, you know, it's a collaborative effort, and it's just – yeah, I'm yeah. so glad we've turned the page on that. But let's let's not look back. Let's look forward. Let's look back yes. a little bit at this draft, Courtney. I know sure. Phil and I had a different outlook on, you know, we kind of thought that they were going to go offensive line, and everybody's been out there banging the drum for – Skaronsky, Skaronsky, Skaronsky. I think you were you were high on him. Also, Phil and I breaking it down on tape. We had our we had our questions. Both feel that he should be better. He would be better inside, and that's that's not breaking news. But Darnell Wright kind of came on late, and boy, it seems like Ryan Poles was locked on him for the past month or so. You know, as his guys so just speak on that a little bit and uh do you think it was the right way to go yeah and i'll get to my skaronsky pick and like how our mock draft worked because i know that god i got a lot like i've been the five years i've done this with the mock drafts <laughs> i didn't have one last year because the bears didn't have a first round pick i think i'm now three of five um i would have oh, been four of five had, had the vikings had Frank Ragnow not gone to the Bengals before the Vikings had a chance to get him yep. in 18, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I I think that it was really cool to hear from polls about the workout and to really see how the scouting process worked, where this is something – It's a four year, he's a four-year starter at a multitude of different positions where that was the case with everybody. You know, yep. Peter Skaronsky – started 33 games at left tackle, but he's somebody who has experience and can play several other positions. Darnell Wright, left tackle in 2021, right tackle 22 and 20, right guard, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., right guard, and then he goes to left tackle, Broderick Jones, both. Like, there is so much to like, I think, about when you have players you can move around to find your best five, but – there's also like the overthinking element too. Like Darnell Wright, play him at right right tackle. Yep. Or right. Don't try to reinvent the wheel here. Same thing with Nate Davis. Like it's very clear Nate Davis is their starting right guard, and that exactly. Ted or someone else is going to be playing left guard next year. And I think that if you don't overcomplicate it, you play players where they're most comfortable, and you don't like for an offensive line like this, it's the right step. Now. Mm-hmm. Skaronsky to me, when you when you're thinking they're taking a quarter, when they're taking a, a, a offensive lineman at nine, I I didn't think you know he's a left tackle. I really believe that, and I know the arms since 32 and a quarter inch arms may say different. He played left tackle in the Big Ten. This I know everybody wants to talk about. Well, the SEC this, the SEC that. It's still high high level competition, and you wouldn't start 33 games at left tackle if you weren't any good. The upside of that is you can have somebody that can eventually transition to a left tackle and it would end and it would end up leaving a void this year that maybe you would have addressed at some other point in the draft. Or you have a 10-year, you have a Quentin Nelson, you have a Joe Tooney, you have somebody who could be a 10-year pro bowler. Like 
there's benefits to both. There were a lot of fans I gathered that would have been really upset had they drafted a perceived guard that high. But when, when I get, and I get it, I, it's, it's valid because I remember when the Vikings drafted Garrett Bradbury, their center 18th, there were people up in arms saying that's way too high of a pick. Like that shouldn't have. And I mean, he had the inside out inside flexibility. I think he played right guard and center in college at NC state. Um, same thing with Joe Tooney before the, the, yep. uh, he was a tackle and then he kicked inside the guard when he, from Stanford. NC state with the, um, no, he was NC state, right? Tony, Joe, T- Joe Tony. Tony. Oh yeah, maybe he is from NC yeah. State. And um, like there, I, I think the there's a cardinal lot of colors. That. It's true. That's true. They, are but, they um, both have S's, Phil. Good job. I You're see close, them buddy. both. I see them. <laughs> no, Joe Tony's from NC State. He went to NC State. Yes. Yep. Courtney, how he, am I going to argue with Courtney? No, I mean it's it's I my mess up names like all the time, so it's totally fine. Um, it's a lot to keep in your brain, but. So that's the noise. <laughs> yeah. Every time you turn it on. I'm going to have to go buy one now. So. <laughs> I'm getting you that for Christmas next year. Forget Can it. Can you plug it into like a 4K TV? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You put it with the HDMI cable. Okay. I know. I sound yeah. like I've like never like used a TV before. Um, the TV is too high though. Skaronsky might not be able to, to reach it. Right <laughs> Anyways. I'm darn all right. I, I like the pick. I had my questions about just like in kind of doing my, and Phil and you and I have talked about this. Like I've had my yeah. questions just about the motor and about some of the things, you know, like, can he, would he, where would he fit best in on this team? To me, this is a pick that you're very confident in giving Braxton Jones another year. And yeah. it yeah. it's not moving him. I think that it's the safest route of least resistance for right now, because you're not taking a Skaronsky where you might not know if he's going to play tackle or guard right away, you know that Darnell Wright's a right tackle, and you know that that like blown, you know, blown block percentage. I think I had the number at 07 percent in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an insane number, and he's huge, and he fits every single trade. He ran a five point oh one second forty yard dash at three hundred and thirty three pounds at the combine. Like it's all like they draft based on traits, which. I'm sure other teams do, but like to, for them to, they continue to reemphasize this and tell you about it at every turn about the athleticism, the length, and they've really gotten bigger and leaner up front from where they were two years ago. I mean, that was his priority for Ryan Pohl's priority when he got here. It was the first thing he talked with us about at the combine last year that they needed to get leaner and faster up front. So that was that's the strength training program. That's the weight training program, and that's going to be part of what I'm sure Darnell Wright like will figure out. Is he going to? I don't think he's going to be playing at 335 um, in the NFL. We'll see. But I I like the pick because I think that for right now it fills an its best player available. Very clearly, Paris Johnson Jr. wasn't available, so we'll never know. Had he been there, would they have taken him? Would they have gone a different direction? Like. They're going to tell you that this was a top-rated tackle on their board because they can't say, oh, it's a second-rated tackle because Paris Johnson Jr. went, you know, six or three, wherever he went to um, to Arizona. But I, for for right now, it fills an immediate need and it's best player available. Skaronsky has more of the upside. Like, I really liked all of them I think you could have made a case for. I just thought Skaronsky with 
the positional flexibility, and frankly, of the tackle prospects, he was probably the cleanest just in terms of the college tape and what it may have foreshadowed, not just at tackle, but at guard at the next level. That's why I could have, that's why I made that pick. But you really, honestly, if any of them were available, I don't think you could go wrong either way. And I mean, thank goodness for, for their sake that they didn't trade back beyond 10 because think about the jets and the situation they're in right now. They so badly wanted a Broderick Jones or anybody who was available to them at 15. And then of course the spiteful move from their divisional foe, new England in sending that pick to Pittsburgh that prevented them from getting their guys. So the bears were in a really good spot to trade out of that pick because they weren't going to take Jalen Carter. And you can think of that what you want, but it's, it That's was a smart, smart I would not have gone unless, unless they had like completely no doubts. And if, if Carter's, the character stuff and the off-field concerns weren't there, that would have probably been a no-brainer. But there was no other defensive prospect at that spot that I think would have been worth what it could mean for right now, but also project out for the future. I disagree with you on Skaronsky. I didn't see it at all on tape. I, I see a guard with great feet, but no tenacity. He just – and Darnell Wright, I mean – my father, me, and Eric Kramer watching him on tape, and he had eight pancakes in pass pro alone to get Eric Kramer's cracking up. Like, do fans realize this guy's 335 pounds making pancakes happen in pass pro? You see yeah. that in run pro game. That's yeah. how good this kid is. And when you shut down, there, Will Anderson was the best player in this draft. I will go to war with anybody on tape and show them like plays the run plays the pass had the most pressures had so much dominance in this and he goes against darnell it's like a heavyweight matchup like that's what you want when you're scouting guys how do they handle the biggest moments darnell wright shut him down will anderson said that was the best tackle i've ever played against and Listen, the Bears did the right thing. Everybody on this network mocked Darnell Wright to the Bears, and it was an exciting night for us because I feel like they, to your, I agree with you 100% on this because you know how much I love you. You put him at right tackle. That's it. I know he could play left tackle, and he's way better than Braxton is because he ain't going to get bulls, bull rushed ever. He won't get bull rushed. He is Trent Williams-like. That's how athletic and big he is. Jason Peters, young Jason Peters, to be that big. and It's exciting for me to finally see. Since Jimbo Covert, they haven't had anybody. But that was a mini rant. My question, though, is were you in the room when the scout is talking about Rashawn Johnson and what they said about him? Yeah, that was uh, John City. That was Saturday morning. So I lucked out. Like, remember, they were supposed to be taking the f uh, first pick in the fourth. Yes. Round. Yeah. So yeah. I, had to, I had to host a radio show till 11. Oh, and geez. like, all of it, like, it was like 10 30, and I see they're trading. And I'm like, great. Like, that's going to give me time to get because I stayed up at my mom's from Glenview to, to Lake Forest in time. So I'm like, there for the pick when they picked at 115. So they take Roshan Johnson. 
And I remember I was like, I know that. Like I I, I knew the name because I was like, that's the Bijan backup. Like exactly. I'm surprised I'm surprised he didn't go before then because <clears throat> such a rare commodity in in today's college football climate where the transfer portal is free agency. And if you're not getting playing time, you jump in there, you make more money via NIL somewhere else, oh, yeah. and you probably have a better opportunity. But like to hear his area scout, John City, talk about what this guy means to him just per, you know, personally. And I know he's on the younger side. He said he's been doing this for about five or six years. And I can tell it's it, it scouts take a lot of pride. If you if somebody gets drafted from your area and right. it's your evaluation, and then you get the opportunity, which Poles did again this year. I give him a lot of credit for that, to go talk about your guy that you sold to the team, like draft this guy. And you could just hear the evaluation of him and how he was talking about this is somebody I expect to be here for a very long time. Franchise uh, pillar. They yeah. Put in there. That that was, that franchise draft. pillar. I'm like, holy. It could be speaking out of turn. It could be just real excitement from somebody, but clearly those thoughts are echoed in some level within exactly. the office. And I think that he, I think Tyler Scott could be the steal of this draft class, but because like Roshan Johnson was a known, a no, more of a known product, but he's yeah. still raw. They love the upside. This guy was a former dual threat quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Shit ton of injuries to their running back room. I think it was ahead of the 19 season. And he's like, I'll, I'll go over there. Like I, I don't mind changing positions. So I think the buy-in element, and the versatility element, the lack of tread, all of those things matter when you're trying to build a running back room that uh, just is different. And I and I thought about this because I got asked a fantasy question the other day. Like it was about Khalil Herbert. Like will he have like over under 144 carries next year? And I toiled over this for a while because I'm like, well, if this thing pans out the way that they want it to, if Deontay Foreman stays healthy, if Roshan Johnson can be your change of pace back. He can be, you know, your, your, he can be a lot of different things. Will they have a true number one, three down back sort of guy? They might, but I don't know. I mean, I still think I put the over on that just like in projecting this thing out because Montgomery was somewhere like just over 200, like, and I think that Herbert was at like one, one, just over 150 last year. Herbert should be the lead rusher here, but that the splits between those other two, should look a lot more even than they do varied. And I think that Roshan Johnson and the change of direction, but also the yards after the contact. Yes. He's been asked to do a lot. And I mean, catching passes out of the backfield, but that's always something that you want with a back with a, um, with a running back, but the breaking tackles, how big this kid is. I'm excited to see what he actually looks like compared to the other running backs um when we get to you know first team at rookie camp and then beyond that but it's the rushing running through contact the effort yards where is that going to show up the most the red zone so i i think that that's i mean they're very happy about that and they should be because they didn't have a fourth round pick last year and that's typically day three when the non-bijan robinsons of the world are going like that's where you get a really good running back and somebody i mean that's where they got I mean, David Montgomery was not a first-round pick. He was he was a fourth-round pick. Third round. Third, round. Third like, round. 
Monty was Monty was the third rounder. Yeah, they traded up for him. Yeah, third round is seventy three yep. overall, and you know, this was fourth round one fifteen overall for them yep. to find exactly there and not have to go. I mean, they got Khalil Herbert in the sixth round two years ago, and I thought that was a great pick at the time. I really like this because I think that the more competition you bring to that room and attempt to take some pressure off of the quarterback because we know he's going to want to run in moments, but not 170 carries again, 170 rushes again for him. Exactly. It's, it's a it's a good start in – I mean, everything here is pointed towards them supporting Justin Fields, from Darnell Wright to Roshan Johnson – um, you know, even ba- dating back to, to DJ Moore, like you bring in somebody like Johnson, who is like known for being a tone setter in terms of pass protection. Like you have to have somebody who wants to like do that role and exactly think about what, you know, all their, he takes pride in it. Well, pride. Travis, Travis Homer is the same way. And he's kind of got like, he's slight in build. I remember asking him about when the Bears signed him as a free agent, not just the special team stuff he takes pride in, but the pass protection for him is something that has been his identity as a player. And you can tell the players who really take pride in that and and don't view that as a role that like is beneath them by any stretch. One real quick other yeah. point. A friend of mine coaches at Iowa and is friends with the coach from Texas and the running back room. And uh, he wanted to share this with me. I haven't even told Shane this. He's like, listen, Bajan Robinson, elite talent, amazing, amazing football player, amazing everything. Roshan behind him is like a pinch, a pinch behind him, mm-hmm. how good this kid is. And everybody knew it. But in that room, Roshan Johnson was the leader of them all. Yeah. He's the alpha. And what the Bears are getting is now awakening a beast. He's like, that's all I'm going to tell you is what the Bears are getting an, a, a, a hibernating beast waking up ready to eat. And that's that's really exciting for me. That's exciting and- and he's not like when, I, when we were talking to him about his role after he was drafted. He's like, I don't view myself as a backup, and and competitors don't. Right, right. But, but to have somebody who's okay with that, because it's very obvious. He started five games at running back. He played in forty-seven games over his career. He didn't have that many starts because that was Bijan Robinson's role. So I think it's rare in exactly. today's of NIL and where if I don't get my way here, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, like. I don't get my way here. I'm going to go somewhere else to make to make my dreams come true. Like everybody's got a dream. All these kids do, and not right or wrong, but like not everybody gets to be the number one. Not everybody gets to be the alpha. But how can you fill a role and still see the field early on and adapt to that? There's there's the example of Roshan Johnson. There's the Tyreek Stevenson example, mm-hmm. the third round corner that they took who wasn't happy at Georgia. And this is a national championship team at in which the time that he transferred and you're trending that way. I think it was 2020 when he went down to Miami. It was the COVID year. But like he went from the slot where he wasn't – they play star at Georgia. It's the, the star, it's, yeah. Yep. And they call it that more than like, you know, they have a lot of different names for it in college. I know the Rams also call it the star. But that was more of a hybrid 
uh, defensive back role. And he didn't want that. He wanted to be a boundary corner and that's okay. You can have your dream and you can want to do that, but that wasn't the role they needed him for. And so for him to transition into like learn to be proficient in the slot. And then when you get your opportunity to play outside corner, like, I think it treats you, you're able to appreciate it more, but also like I asked Ryan Poles about that on Friday night. And he said, he told him like they talked about that moment on his top 30. He's like, don't ever forget that part of it because you might come in here and you might not be starting. You might have to play special teams for a while. And I don't know if he would, I don't think he was like foreshadowing anything here. He was just using an example. Like, I think he'll probably end up contending for an outside spot unless you expect Kendall Vildor to, you know, be that guy again this year. That was kind of an emergency thing. I thought he fared well, but like you drafted this guy for a reason. It's, there's a learning lesson in all of that, of knowing your role and knowing like, that's the culture. That's what they're yep. trying to build here. It's not just getting a bunch of stars and guys who played at high level programs, whether it's in the SEC, the ACC, whatever, and expecting it to work. They found guys who are okay. Hey, you might not have the role that you want right away, but you have something as important on, on these different phases of the game. Will you be okay with that? And will that like motivate you to be the best version of yourself? And I think that's a really important and often overlooked thing when you think about high draft picks and people who want to impact the game right away when it might not be your turn. Courtney, when you go back to the, just, I want to wrap up this one part with the Jalen Carter stuff, because again, just going back to tape when Phil and I were breaking him down for our patrons, we even had questions on tape. Now I'm removing all of the character issues and all of that. I mean, Yes, there was plays out there where he would look like an alien. You'd be like, holy shit. And then you'd see nothing for eight plays, for ten plays, maybe a quarter. But then when you bring the character into it, obviously it's a huge part. You don't know how these kids are going to be affected by you know getting $20 million guaranteed in all of that. Obviously, it was, you know, Ryan Poles took him. I don't want to say completely took him off the board, but wasn't interested in taking him at number nine because he was available. How much is all of this character assessment of all of these guys coming into play? Like Darnell Wright, uh, Jervon Dexter, uh, the kid from uh, NC State, Pickens. How high do you think that that is on the list? South Carolina. For, or yeah, yeah, my bad. In case somebody. Yeah, <laughs> up. it wasn't Stanford. Stanford. They did get a State. guy from Stanford, though. The yeah. They did. Yeah, the safety the Williamson. One. How high on the list do you think this is for Ryan Poles? I mean, you can't look at, you can't just go to the next guy and have him, you know, say he's going to be clean on tape, yeah. but yet there's issues with him. How high up the the latter is this for for Ryan Poles moving forward considerably and I think that because I've had this conversation with people before and I don't like waffling on picks like I said back weeks ago and even I've, I've maintained this if they were able to discern he's not going to be a liability in the NFL we have the infrastructure for him we are not like we know that there's an incident in which two people died where he was involved. His level of involvement, he you know pled guilty to the misdemeanor, the community service, all of that. 
if there was nothing, and I don't want to at all minimize that, but if there was nothing more where they felt comfortable, hey, you know, people deserving second chances, whatever it is, then I would say a talent like that, you it's a can't-miss prospect. Ryan Poles doesn't have the same leash, more or less, that someone like a John Schneider or a Howie Roseman had, where, like, using Howie as an example, guy's been to two Super Bowls since 2017. There's infrastructure. It's not just, like, his track record. It's the infrastructure that's in place there. You have a veteran defensive line. I mean, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are my age, and they're going to be nearing the end of their career soon. This is not bringing him into a situation where you look at the Bears' defensive line and say, who's the leader here? Exactly. Who who is the alpha in the room? Who's going to be the Robert Quinn because the Robert Quinn's not there anymore? Whether they felt there were more concerns about his character or not, they clearly didn't see it as a fit in the locker room from a cultural standpoint. How do we insulate this guy to make sure that there's not going to be anything that could affect his potential? So there's that element of it. And frankly, I did not like his answer when he was talking with Philly Media about the pro day. I thought I was in shape. I guess I wasn't. And I'm paraphrasing there. But that's more or less, I thought, a slap in the face to anybody that was down there and watched right. him loaf his way through the bag drills. And just – that was all stressful, too. That was two it weeks was awful. combine. And that was a really poor display where this is the one thing that you have to focus on. And I know – that's got to be a stressful situation when you just cost yourself, you're, you cost himself millions of dollars with that decision. And of course, all the news that came out and knowing that every top 30 you go on, every time you talk to a team, that night is going to be brought up and all the other stuff that they may think, well, does this mean that there's, you know, does this mean that there's something, you know, bigger in, 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 in your background that we're going to find out? Like, that's a lot of pressure on somebody, but he did not respond to the pressure at all very well. So Philly can take a flyer on a guy like that yeah. at a top 10 pick and get away with it if it doesn't work out because they've been to two Super Bowls. Again, like the wins and the and the stuff that speaks for itself on your resume as a general manager, Ryan Poles may have that in the future. He doesn't have it yet. So that was too much of a boomer bust prospect given what they learned and what they felt about the room that they would be bringing him into as to why they didn't take a Jalen Carter. But it's not just the character with him. Like I really do believe with what they're building and trying to build here, they've been so intentional about the culture element. And I know that sometimes it's like, oh, you hear that word, like it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, culture, culture, culture. Like what does it actually mean? You know, they – Like, I think you've got to give them a lot of credit for not knee-jerk reaction to signing free agents that were out of their price range and them offering McGlinchey north of $17 and him signing in Denver for $17.5. Like, they've been very, like, okay, this is our our final offer. This is where we're not willing to go above this. And it could be above financially. It could be making exceptions to somebody just to get, like, a fit in there they've remained pretty steadfast about what they want to do. Now there's a level of patience that comes with that, that I don't think everybody abides by, but if you want to sustain something, you can't take shortcuts with it. And I think from the perspective of bringing players in who, God, this guy looks really good. And we know that when he's at his best, he could be a pro bowl talent. 
that's great. But if you have doubts about the investment that you're making from a franchise perspective and a financial one too, it's just not a risk that you're going to be willing to take when you are in the state of the, of your career, like Ryan Poles is right now. You got two questions here. The steal of the draft you've kind of alluded to for you is Tyler Scott. So talk about him real quick and then answer this question. Will we see a veteran defensive end brought in here? We better. <laughs> I think the Tyler Scott pick to me is a course correct on Velas Jones because they wanted speed on the outside last year. Velas ran like a you know sub four three forty. They're very attracted by that. But unlike the Velas Jones, you have a raw prospect at receiver. You have somebody who is the vertical post route threat for you, giving Justin Fields that guy, which I, you know, I think a lot of people thought that could have been Chase Claypool, the vertical deep threat early on last year. And, and it very well could end up being that. But like this is your speed guy. Yep. This is your this is your deep threat. And like a Roshan Johnson, you're taking a flyer on a guy who hasn't played that much, but you believe that you're coaching here with Tyke Tolbert and getting him into his room surround and giving Justin Fields a lot of different types of receivers. I remember looking at the roster last year and outside of St. Brown, I'm like, wow, they got a bunch of slot receivers. Who's going to be playing the X? Who's going to be playing all these other roles? Yeah, right. We actually have defined roles, at least on paper right now, which is much more than they could have said about themselves last year. So I think Tyler Scott as a fifth round pick, the speed, the it's there. It's getting there. Like I can see it in watching his college film, the route running. This is not like, I think that some guys who have right. sometimes think, well, it's like, you know, you can play track as a football player and not factoring in the precision it takes, like running routes, the ability to catch the football. That's obviously a very important one, but this was a pick. I view it as something while we, we, Swung on a third-round receiver last year because we were attracted by the speed. This is the way of getting that pick right and potentially putting Velas on notice because somebody, the numbers aren't going to line up. Right. So we'll see in terms of the roles, too, I mean, because he was a very good punt gunner for uh, Cincinnati. So, of course, special teams, if you're a day three pick, you're playing special teams, too. So how do you find your way on the roster? That's one way. So I think he's the pick of this draft class for the Bears. And they're going to be – there are options out there. I thought that there were a couple – the guy that Minnesota signed, one of the edge rushers that uh, was an undrafted free agent. Andre Carter? Yeah, his name escapes me. That sounds right. But I remember being like, yeah. wow, that was the guy that, like, a, there were a couple different teams I'd heard, you know, trying yep. to get him. This is polls once again pointing to his thing, saying, I told you guys that the roster was not going to be complete this year. There were still going to be holes. There's too big of a hole at defensive end just to be like, no, nah, we're going to roll with what we have. But <laughs> there, are, there is Leonard Floyd. There is Yannick Ngakwe. And, of course, the Carl Lawson's conjecture, like, will he get released by the Jets? I actually don't think he will at this point because um, financially I think they can make it work. But – there's post-June 1 cuts. There's guys that you can pick up that won't be elite talent, but, like, they're, they're probably better than what you have. Like, factoring in what they had where Travis Gibson led all defensive, end, defensive ends on this team with three sacks last year, the bar is pretty low. 
Right. Aiming high, I think, would be a Leonard Floyd bringing him back here, putting him in a different defense than the last time he was here, letting him come off the edge and, and be the veteran voice in that room. I think that that would be a smart move, and they can afford it. Now, there's Frank Clark out there as well. I know that people have asked, like, what about what about Robert Quinn? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I don't, I don't know if I see it like in, in them bringing him back. But to your to, to answer your question, yes, I do think that they will do something in the coming weeks. You know, leading into, um, you know, leading into mini veteran mini camp, certainly before training camp. Could they make a trade with some of these picks that they? acquired for next year you want them to trade a first round pick for chase no, young not a first nope. i'm saying like they acquired it would take, fourth it would take a first round pick probably to get chase young yeah. i wouldn't do that there. and i think that the injury stuff is somewhat of a concern i would give also, a third round pick for chase young i would never give a first round pick i wouldn't either i mean i just i think that it's going to take more because they would have moved him by now after not picking up the fifth year option had people been clamoring to go get him yeah. Maybe the price is going to come down. Maybe it won't. Maybe it comes. You I don't know that that would be their best option because I think that'll be really expensive. And you want that extra set. You you have to hold on to that extra first round pick in the in the event that exactly the quarterback doesn't work out this year. You cannot go. That to me would be a need totally to 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 your need right now, and and they're not going to do that. People get so agitated when I say that. What you just said. And this is another showcase of Ryan Pohl's credit to a young GM. Yeah. You have to cover your ass at the most important position in all of sports. Quarterback. If Justin fails, no one on this panel believes it. But there's but the if it does, just don't know. You don't know. So now you go out there, you built this team, and you're building weapons and he goes out there and he just doesn't do it, now you have an opportunity here to get probably one of the best quarterbacks I've scouted in the last 10, 15 years in Caleb Williams. And I know that's high praise now, but I, you know, he's got so many things you like in regards to this position. So you got two picks. He played it right. Carolina could suck this year. That could be the number two pick. One pick, you don't know. And the Bears, we'll see what they do. So great point there by you, and I think fans can't get nervous. No one's saying, if you're sitting there saying, no, he's going to do it, he's going to – it's just wishful thinking and putting positivity in the air, and I, I agree with that. But I think the GM deserves a lot of credit for making the point of making sure we get that number one next year mm -hmm. in this trade. And that, to me, he deserves a lot of credit for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt that I that he won't be giving that up anytime. You have to see how the quarterback mm -hmm. yep. progresses this season. It would be it would be undoing everything he did to get that pick to go trade for Chase Young when they're not going to be contending this year. Like, don't kid yourself about it. Like, exactly going from three wins to seven to eight wins would be like monumental improvement for this team. And then you can contend potentially in 2024. She's Courtney Cronin. She's been here. I 
totally love this woman on our beat because she asks the tough questions, the appropriate ones, and she always supports us here at TTNL. I always say there's people out there that are snobs. They're afraid to come in here with Shane and Phil for whatever reason. I think we're nice. I don't know. <laughs> I can care with that. <laughs> but I can't wait for the schedule to come out because then we set up our next TTNL party next year. That's right. That's right. We well, it's, tailgate with you. Be back in Glen Ellen again. No, because they've sold the house. Sold the house. They told me you right. bought it. Oh yeah, that's right. You got a room full of books back there. Those Larison's <laughs> obsessed with that book. The where we did like the big toast. Like their yeah. living room is like my design dream. One exactly. day, one day yeah. when I can It's like a murder mystery area, right? The, the house is like just immaculate. Like, and they were such generous hosts and having oh. all of us in there and just so gracious. Like that neighborhood, like is so beautiful. Like I remember going out there, I was like, wow, this is really nice. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We 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 already have the place, and it's going to be downtown Chicago. Okay, so, so it'll be closer to me. It'll be yeah. very close to you, and we're going to have I'll a lot. Definitely of fun. be there this year. No family. Shane drama. will make it this year. <laughs> Told so, everybody. Yeah, doesn't matter listen, what happens. But I I got to get you back on the show sooner rather than later because your eyes and your truth. I think some people come on here and you don't. You're not afraid to spit the truth, whether we agree, me and you, or disagree. And I rarely disagree with you, except on Skaronsky. And we can take that one as a break. <laughs> I, am, I am perfectly happy with that. And that's the thing. Like, last point on Darnell Wright, yeah. as we do with every draft pick, like, yeah. we, we judge these guys based on who was drafted before you, if you had the opportunity to get them, which they, which in the Bears' case, they did have the opportunity to get Jalen Carter. We'll see if he has no yeah. whatsoever. If they, if Philly just projected this thing completely right and he's a model citizen and there's no off the field stuff and then he goes and has, you know, double digit sack numbers, whatever, like then the Bears, like we're going to hindsight the hell out of that. We're also going to hindsight the hell out of who was drafted right after them. And, yeah, right exactly. after them. and of course, that's where Skaronsky comes into play and to, you know, to potentially look at this kid and say it was in your backyard who you have scouted the hell out of and say too short of arms, like we're passing on you if that was the chief concern. And then he goes and has an incredible career, whether it's with Tennessee or somewhere else. Like, again, we're going to hindsight 2020 it. We always we do. Will text, I'll be breaking your chops. It'll be five years from now. Yeah. Yeah, I could be great, but if Peter Skaronsky <laughs> is <laughs> I am blowing up your phone. <laughs> we're going to play Sega. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going <laughs> to talk about it during while we're playing live. We'll stream it live. I'm uh, for it. Three, four years from now. And again, me and Shane did an exercise. What draft did we look back, Shane? It was like 2018 Thir draft or 13? No, no, no. 13, yeah. And you should have seen the play. You're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I was hey. a big Chance Warmack fan, and I thought he was going to be and Pork he was just Womack. a good guy. Yeah. He was just good, but he never reached where I thought he would. Sure. So I've no, been it's wrong. Not an exact yes. science. It isn't. 
Keep Go your ahead. eye on my uh, Shepherd quarterback, Courtney, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Tyson Badgett. I was banging the table for them to him to be the last pick of the draft for him. Mm. I've been wanting the Bears to – I always think it's important. They haven't done it, what, since 14 to, I think to bring a guy in. A quarterback at some point. And yeah. I, mean, I couldn't believe they didn't. Yes. I mean, he's, got tra- he's got a lot of traits that I like. I think he's going to be – I think he's – Watch, he'll probably go out there and fall flat on his face now that I'm saying this. But I, he's reporting yeah. live, Shane. I think he's gonna. Good. I think people are gonna see him at minicamp, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna open up some eyes. He's got. He's got some skill. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan, Tyson Badgett. I will. Keep, I will. I will report back on that. I do. I agree with you, though. I've always been team draft a quarterback once a year. You can't really go wrong with it. Like in, you know. Getting these guys as priority free agents, that's one thing. But to have the flexibility, if the guy ends up becoming Brock Purdy for you, like it, it yep. really can't hurt. Exactly. That was the one criticism I had of this draft. Shane and I, every mock, we made sure we took Stetson Bennett <laughs> every mock. Well, you wouldn't have gotten him in that. You right? wouldn't have gotten him. I said to Shane, I would have taken him early, third or fourth. No, and he shook me. his head laughing. No. I go, I believe in this. And Listen, they believed in him in L.A. I, I'm going to be interested. That guy's such a arrogant prick that he's going to get himself in a position. I love that. And I thought he'd be perfect behind Justin, kind of pushing him and just try to be the best player every day. Uh, I he's thought gonna it was be, a drop. He's going to be running Stetson Chevrolet by 2027. So All right. We'll come back and you. play Sega on him, too. <laughs> I can't wait to see where he goes. But – Listen, you're so gracious with your time. I, the sky's the limit for you. You're going to be, what part? I did tease it. So you're going to be pregame. Yeah, we're doing the podcast now. Um, Pat, Pat, the designer, is hosting mm-hmm. it. So it's a yeah. five day a week podcast. I'm on, like, it'll change, like, kind of based on, like, you know, what, you know, I think Yurko, Yurko did yesterday because he had some scheduling things. So, like, I'm doing my, I didn't do my normal day. I'm doing Tuesdays and Thursdays mostly going forward but i'm doing tomorrow so it's it's been fun pat's great brings a ton of energy to the show he's a bears fan so there's that uh, that's there's that authenticity uh with it too but yurko big uh jervon dexter fan yeah we talked about it i don't know i didn't talk with him about it because that was round two but i know i i heard something on the podcast about that so no i mean not There's me. a lot of different voices on it. Jason McKee's on it, our sideline reporter for the for the actual broadcast, and of course Lance Briggs. So I can't wait to ask him about holding out uh, in 2007. I finally get to. I remember I went down to training camp. <laughs> I'm like, where's Lance Briggs? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now open in a restaurant. Ask him about that. Yeah. My colleague. <laughs> ask him what the color... restaurant's still open. That's really no. If you really want to get him going, ask him what color the Lambo was that he was driving at. Avenue Bridge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't there. He just magically walked away. I never was driving. I don't yeah. know anything about. Yeah. He had a Tesla Lamborghini. Tesla Lambo it drove yeah. itself. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're the best. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Maybe in a couple of weeks when you, I don't, before you go on vacation, how about that? Sure. You just you let jump me know. on. Okay. We'll, we'll, 
We'll talk and schedule that up. Whatever fits for you, even if it's a different night than Wednesday. For sure. We'll do something. All right. We'll All Sonic. right, thank you guys. Take we'll care. Play, <laughs> we'll play Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> that was a great game. I did. It was. That really was hours on that thing. Hours. All those. Friday night in the future. Once you buy me a Sega system, yeah. we're gonna get it for Send you. It over. Compliments to TTNL. TTNL. Sega is coming to you. All right, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks. All the best, Thanks. Courtney Cronin. ESPN 1000 Bears beat report. Ivan's awake. Ivan's, he's muted. He's muted. I've been awake the whole time. No, I know. <laughs> Just joke. There's the guy's been sleeping. I'm awake. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. <laughs> Wasn't Courtney's, that, Courtney is awesome. great. I mean, that flew. I got to say, the best thing I think, one of the best things I've done on this show is get yes, Courtney Claudio. Yep. Yeah. Claudio was the what do you call that? The middle person, the wrangler, man. the wrangler, yeah. pivot, the, pivot, the, the pivot man, the pivot, pivot man. Yeah. <laughs> pivot man. <laughs> if anybody you remember, Mike, he'll be back on. Mike and Mike and Atui, and Atui used Mike. to work with her. He's a customer of mine, and yeah. he made the connection, and uh, we got her on. And she is definitely she's top she's tier. TTNL family. Yeah, she's top tier for sure. We had a lot of laughs at the TTNL party that she was talking about there. Um, I think we're going to invite 10 or 15 patrons, Shane, according to Yoko, that will nice. get special <laughs> invite that night into the building. We got a DJ. We got some crazy ideas. <laughs> Cherie is going to get one of those. What is that fog machine? Not the cold ice machine that shoots dry smoke. ice. Dry ice. We're going to have special intros for everybody at TTNL. Even cars. Even yeah. cars. <laughs> oh, I love you, cars. Anyway, that was a lot of stuff to take in. Obviously, talking about the president, Kevin Warren, who really made his presence felt for me and Shane uh, over that. I think that was something big that Bears fans really should embrace. And I felt like Courtney really thoroughly broke that down and just how important from mom and pop shop to the big time. And I think Ted Phillips was a dead weight, an anchor to the success of the Chicago Bears just in allowing you know, fans to interact with player. There was always this snobbish, this is how we do it. And I think Kevin's going to, Kevin's going to uh, deviate from that street and change this up. And, and, and that's where we were, but I totally don't agree with Skaronsky. I just, Shane, we just never saw it on tape. We no. broke it down with everybody. It, and it was like, am I, it, what tape are we seeing? It was one of those ones, Phil, like Darnell Wright, you can flip on the tape and within three or four minutes, you're like, you're laughing. Yeah, you're exactly. Like, Holy oh, shit. Yeah. He just, he just derailed Hearing my that dad and yeah. Eric laugh together was probably top five moment for me yeah. on this. Network. That's when you know you're good. When you make people laugh because of how good you are. When it's, coach... It's, 
Otoshin was almost in tears, Claudio. Yeah. Laughing. Like, look at this guy. Are you kidding me? Like he's going like right, Ivan. Me and you That's are awesome. Just, oh my he god. He's so excited. He's like, you shit in your hat and get the hell off. <laughs> so I I know Darnell Wright is your day one starter. I mean you got something special there. Obviously, a lot of people are getting antsy with my my belief. I don't know on Dexter. That's that's just it's just oh, there's too many loafs. Now, mate, I know the read and react system, but when you are in a read and react system, you have to still deliver the blow. And me and Ivan are watching, and it's just not there. There's no – and we don't watch highlights. So I'm going to put together at least 16 minutes of tape cut from all of these games. And I'm struggling to find these – I mean, when I watched um, our next guest tape, I mean, you see him deliver and fire out. Well, Phil, he's running a different defense. I get it. God has given Javon Dexter six foot six, 315 pounds, freak of an athlete. All I'm saying is on tape, I don't see a dominator. I don't see a mean son of a bitch that's going to get to the quarterback. I see a, a guy getting by his size and his freakish ability in short area. He can't run and chase down. He his Yeah, that's his, not who. What's he, his feet? His feet look I don't even know how to describe. I forget almost like a giraffe's foot. When he runs, you watch and I'll point it out. It's better to show you, but his his back heels hit the ground before his toes. So he runs a certain way in giving chase that makes it look even more. So I hope I'm wrong that this is just a system thing holding him back and that's it. But as Eric Kramer and my dad had said, because obviously there was Darnell versus Dexter tape this past Sunday or Monday, Right. Well, and I think, Phil, I think one of the things that you have to put out there, too, and I'm not trying to defend the the pick or anything like that, but it's he is still very early in his football process. This is a kid that was he was given D1 offers to Virginia and Syracuse for basketball. That was his focus. And I don't know if you saw that come out today. Speaking of basketball with Dewan Jones. That was one of the no. things that he did. You send they, him the link. Is he? Yeah, he's he's. Oh. I just talked to Alex, and he's got everything. We're just waiting for for a response. Okay, I just want to give you an update that the production, the people, have given the link and everything. So we're just waiting for him now on this. I'm just going to send him the link as well in the. Yeah, but uh, Dexter was a basketball basketball guy, big time recruit in basketball. Like I said, got scholarships to Syracuse and Virginia, and that was kind of his kind of his focus. 
he really what was it his senior year in high school i think it was 18 or 18 and a half sacks and i think that there's still a lot of rawness in there and he definitely has a lot of stuff a lot of things to to work on and um phil who was it that i was talking to you about yesterday that was it was the guy from our lads uh i forget the guy's name no, 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 it wasn't Shanka. It wasn't Dan, oh. but it was a guy that works for our, our lads that was talking about um, how Ryan Ryan Poles was instrumental in bringing oh, yeah. Chris Jones a uh, draft pick in Kansas City in round two because Phil was like, no, 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 he, he was a first-rounder, and he was actually not a first-rounder. He was a, a second-rounder, but they're you know very similar body types, and I don't think anybody – at that time, would have called Chris Jones. Uh, you know, it's you look at three techs, you see a three tech or any guy on the interior. He's not Tank Johnson either. He's not he's not Tommy Harris. He's a completely different body type. I mean, when you're talking six foot six, three hundred and ten pounds, that's or what is he up to three fifteen? Maybe it's a completely different body type. But it was three ten at the combine. He had run a yeah. four eight eight at that size with a one eight one split. I want to see a split a little lower? So yeah, and he thirty one inch vert. It's got to stay lower. He's but those those athletic high. numbers show you explosive traits. That the tape yeah. does not show you that. That's the that is the the thing that is concerning so and can also give you hope at the same time well, let me hold on let me ask you guys son so in the years you guys have been breaking down tape right going into the mm -hmm. draft have there been guys that you've seen that you didn't like on tape but then when they got to the bears they turned it around it's a great question uh you're talking about specifically the bears or just anybody well anybody mm -hmm. but i mean obviously guys i mean obviously you focus more on guys that went to the, the bears the biggest just, thing with me is i never and nfl obviously yeah they're different so the Bears, you know, when we re when Phil and I really got into doing this, we were looking at guys that fit, you know, the under tackle role. I know that's what Rod Marinelli calls it. That's three technique. Bears call it under tackle. Your your classic guy is a Warren Sapp. Is more of a more of a squat. I don't want to say small, but he's he's not long and lean like Jervon Dexter totally different but i still think a big part of this is getting more football plays you know what i mean and he's gonna go in from the two gap to the one gap where he's he's just gonna be told to just to go uh yerk talked about it a little bit today he goes when you play in a two gap he goes, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. When you're two-gapping, it makes you less aggressive as a player. He's like, I fucking hated it. When I was in high school, we played in a one-gap go. When I was in college, it was one-gap go. And he goes, when I got to Miami in the NFL, my first year, we played two-gap. And he said it it made me a completely different player. You want to – when you're – Built with that aggressive mentality to to go 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 go, it it fucks with your brain. And Phil, you can speak on this, you know, better than I can. I don't. He's just so young in his football 
journey here. Like I said, he's he's 21 years old, just started playing football as a junior in high school and didn't even himself said he didn't even take it start taking it even semi-serious until he was a senior in high school. Yeah, so I you know he starts his junior year, he's already a freak of nature. We all know that kid in high school that was so tremendous that didn't give a shit or didn't work at it, but God gave him everything. I think everybody in the chat or has met someone like that, and he lives Creighton, off of his size. Creighton, I, I, thanks for letting me know. Yes, I understand that. But to me, you can be known for your explosive effort or your explosive get-off. That's fine. Lack of effort, to me, is a major red flag, even so more me, so. I look at Dexter and I see lack of effort that I'm going to point out. And I but see how much way does that, what, late, way what, late. What does that tell you, Phil? What does that, what does that tell well, you? You, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, the Florida coaching staff, uh, him who I didn't meet. They liked Dexter. You told me this a while ago and I had that, Mike Glennon feeling in my stomach because I just don't see it on tape. And I, you know, read and react defense. If you're playing two gap, you still have to get off the ball and deliver the ball. Absolutely. You can't be the last person off the ball every time, every time. It's over and over and over. And he wins with his size. He doesn't hustle. And they're going to have to change this guy. Now, yeah, and to answer Claudio's question, I don't remember anybody that I looked at on tape that all of a sudden they went into the end and I was like, nah. And then they went off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody, to be perfectly honest. I've never felt like I got to keep it 100 with people. I mean, I got to be authentic. I would, have to, I would have to sit just, down and think about it. It's I a great question think. for sure. It is. Because, I mean, because like you said, effort, obviously, you know, you get to the NFL and these guys, something might just click. And then obviously they, don't, I, they have to they have to show more effort. Because obviously Poles and them saw something and saw stuff in his tape. Well, you know? I, mean, I mean, every coach, like so, every coach does believe. I mean, it, that they can a good change. coach that they, they, they can they, they change. Can motivate them, yeah, they can motivate them. They can change. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it, it all depends. Like if you're able to do that, it's a it's it's a boom. But I agree with some of the guys in the chat. It's very boom or bust, in my opinion, at this point. Because, I would like have Phil said, like Phil said, ahead, he is last. He is last off the line mm -hmm. in a lot of his snaps, and a lot of his snaps you're just looking for him to do something a little more, and he just slows down at a certain point. It's just, just something that you, you don't want to see, especially if you're well, going to draft them. If you out. notice, if you go back to the phone call on the, I have like, not heard it yet. Do you, can did, somebody pull that? He was, yeah, yeah I, got I, I got it right here. Actually. I have it up. No, nah, I want to see it. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I can, I can, I can, I can put it audio, but, okay. but I thought that it was, uh, nobody has been talking about it, but I thought it was a big part. He goes, uh, Ryan Pohl, you know, you you ready to go? Hey, we're going to take you off the board right here, make you a bear. And he, Dexter was very, I, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's do this. I want to yeah. go right now. And then Eberflus got on and, you know, still all of the excitement. And he goes, I just want you to get your track shoes ready. Really? I think it, yes. It, I, 
I think that that was, I'm not going to shit on you on the night of your life. Right. When you show up from, when you show up for minicamp, you're not in Florida anymore, Toto. This is a whole different fucking ball game. This is going to be your job, Jervon. And your number one thing is when you're out there, you're going. Every fuck, get your track shoes ready. This is where the culture that they are preaching, the locker room that they're trying to build, comes into play 110%. And I think that answers Ben's, I think that answers Ben's question a little bit because it's it's not about coaching the effort, it's the culture will bring out that effort or you're done. I mean, that's right. pretty you're, much it. You should be. I mean, just think like my journey, I could share just getting to the college level, you know, one double A football and you're the man in high school, you get there, everybody's the man. And then you're in practice and everyone's competing. You better fucking wake up and compete. So to Ivan's point, imagine that's just my experience on the college level. Imagine getting to the NFL now. You're getting to the NFL. There's a certain way and expectation that the culture of the Chicago Bears is going now. So Dexter gets there, and if he's not fucking working on the levels of everybody else, then what what are you going to do? You're you're embodied. You're almost the culture of your peers sets the tone of how the expectation should be when you have a good culture. Hello? It's the truth. Hey, Jervon. How you doing? This call being recorded. Good. This is Ryan Paul. Yes, yes, sir. How you doing? You, how you, you doing? Waiting? Sir? Are you sick of waiting? Are you sick of waiting? Yeah, I'm sick of waiting, man. All right, well, we'll put your <laughs> I'm name. ready. You're going to be Chicago Bear, all right? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, here's Let's, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, man. Let's hey, do Jervon. it. How you doing, man? How you doing? Listen to Flues. It's doing? real low. I'm so yeah, I'm so excited to get you, buddy. I'm ready, man. I promise I'm ready. No, I know. I know you will be. That's right. You just got to get your track shoes on, brother. All right? There it is. Oh, there it is, man. Got to fucking hustle. Thank you. We can't wait. I appreciate we can't wait till you get up here. I know you're ready to go to work. You got to win a world championship, and God bless you, man. Just stay focused. Yes, sir. World championship. Say that to everybody. I love mm-hmm. it. I Say love that it. to everybody. Okay. Yep. All right. So, listen. And I should have let that. Uh, let me. I can load that back up, though. The the position coach there at the end told yeah. him. He goes, "I know you're excited, man, but now you're gonna get here. And now it's time to go to work. So I think this is a concerted effort. I think they see." A kid with flaws and right. warts, but I also think that they see a kid, you know, a piece of clay. Listen, well, I think guys, he got humbled too because he's dropping in the draft. Phil, he was a five-star recruit, the five, number, the number one defensive line recruit over Jalen Carter. Really? Oh, so he was that early, that early in the recruiting process, wow. never playing football. Or being very limited in playing football. This I is think, a great, great. Yeah, that's a, that is a great one. I loved Rashawn Gary coming out of Michigan. In fact, I wanted him, but many questioned his work ethic. Was he too smart? 
I don't know if you ever saw the Amazon Michigan behind this. I forget what they called it. They call it something on Amazon. I forget the, you know, yeah, they, the, the loser of it? big games. I think it was called. <laughs> <You're a dick. laughs> oh, sorry, HL. <laughs> no, but it was like, it's like hard knocks during the season. Michigan had that with Rashawn Gary. He's getting homesick. This is his mom. They go into the whole story, how smart he is. And, you know, I thought he was a tremendous pass runner. Now he's with the fucking Packers. So end of that. But that's a good one. That's a good, that's a good, but I never questioned Gary's hustle ever. When I look at Dexter, and again, if you're a patron, you're definitely going to want to tune into the show on Saturday. But Phil, you preach it here more than anybody. Mm-hmm. You're a reflection of your head coach. Yeah, hundred percent. Tons of issues in Florida. And I, listen, I, I know it sounds like I'm trying to pacify the fans on Jervon Dexter. I, you know, if you go back to the beginning of day two, nobody was talking about Jervon Dexter. TTNL did. Cars and Ryan Cox can tell you, I called my shot. Friday morning. You were on the show with Herb Howard. Right. Is that available on our network? Yes. You can yeah. go watch that. It's the Friday afternoon. You guys were talking about it. I listen, I just for the record, I would have taken at that position, I would have taken uh Thule from USC. I feel like I'm going to be having envy watching his career versus Dexter's career. Here we go. Just I'll let this play through. This, right. is, this is just the very end of him wrapping up with Kevin Warren, and then he talks to the position coach, and then uh, Alan Williams, I believe. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Congratulations, man. No, no, Thank no, you. Hey, this, is, this, is, this is off of what you've done. I didn't know what you're going to do. You're going to get here, and we hey, talk about that. You. I know you're welcome, man. Hey, thank you, man. Come here, get ready to work, all right? Get ready to work. We're excited for you. He said something. You rewind it back. He said something. You're going to hustle. You're going to hustle, yes. Yeah. excited for us. That's a fucking key moment. Hey, thank you, man. Come here, get ready to work, all right? Right here. Thank you, man. Come here, get ready to work, all right? We're excited for you. excited for us. No, go back. It's before. What you done? Here. You're going to get here and we talk about that Oh, there it is. Yeah. We're going to get here and we talk about that hustle. We're going to talk about that hustle. That hustle. Yeah. We're going to get here and we talk about that That's it. We're excited for you. excited for us. I'm excited, Coach. No one talks about this guy, Alan Williams. We're ready for you to get to work. We've been talking about him bad for a little bit. Like we inside out. Okay, man. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I have no idea about Alan Williams. You're welcome. I should have asked Courtney yeah. what you thought. Yes, sir! All right, now go do something, babe. Let's go. He's going to be the guy that we are going to be watching constantly, hoping oh, yeah. that this football player takes that step to the next level. Um. Trying to get a hold of Travis Bell for those of you wondering in the chat. We're wondering too. Um, oh. um, 
trying to get a yeah response. Uh, Alex Acevedo was on it. I have DM'd him on Instagram the the link, uh, but I hope he jumps on the show and we can talk to him about his story. If not, we course correct and move it to another night. You never know. Some things always happen. I yeah, I mean, I don't listen. They they're heading to Chicago for rookie mini camp this weekend. Maybe maybe a flight got pushed up or, or something. We'll we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for sure. But uh, where is the? This is something Phil too talking about him in certain situations. I I can see it where they push him outside in a certain, you know, it's not going to be something that you're using every single down, but just to give some different looks. I think he provides that versatility, you know, just like a different look. Yeah. With his frame, you know, six foot six, three fifteen, And some of those things you talked about being long and having length. They talk about that a lot and they didn't, do anything at the position as we know until undrafted free agents yep. came about. So Dexter to me, yeah, he could play there, but again, is he going to tap into that coming out of high school ability again? Yeah, Logan, I, nobody's saying to move there permanently. That's not what we're, he could play. He could play he the five technique 100%. and set the edge for the Bears. There's no doubt about it. This guy isn't just. We're not talking about the Sanborn replacement in the kids <laughs> guy who drafted from Oregon. I don't know. You can't be a three technique and stand straight up and no. be late. You just can't. So they're gonna have to coach on, get him in the shoots, get him low, and get him. Do you him think he's gonna the be field. the three tech? I don't know. I yeah. honestly, I think they could put him there. I, I mean, think that the, he's I think gonna, that he's going to play some reps there. No sure, doubt, hundred percent. But I but obviously him and, think Pickens if him and Pickens, more. if him yeah. and Pickens are in there, Pickens is going to be your three tech, and you put you're putting him at the right. nose. You're right. I, mean, I think I think young, they want. How old is he? 21? Twenty one. Young kid. Young. Yeah. I mean, they value their their linemen, and they want them to have that versatility where they can play multiple spots on and on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So I would imagine Pickens, if he's the the more polished player, to be start mm -hmm. there first, and then they work Dexter in. Like Shane said, he's going to get reps. Maybe those reps increase if he gets better. But I, for right now, I'm, I, I would be say Pickens. Well, at three, you, I at agree. Three, Pickens three, is yeah. more the. At what Shane is describing, a three tech, and he has yeah. that ability. He likes a lot of his numbers too. I, I I liked Pickens. In my truth, I probably would have traded up and got uh, Fosk Isaiah Foskey. He would have been the guy that I would have got. But if you stayed, I would have taken two of these picks and moved up and gotten Foskey. I would have made sure I got that guy. Again, we traded for the Claypool stuff, so we'd never know what they would have done. But that's what I would have done if I was the GM. After I got Darnell right, I got Foskey, and I kept that third round, top of the third round pick, and I would have done the same thing they did, trade back. 
and get other picks, but I would have made sure I got Foskey on this football team. If I stayed there when they were picking, I wanted Thule or the center from Minnesota. I would have that would have been my pick at 53. Just looking at it the way I would have I would have drafted the center because I listen, and again, I'm not I don't want to pile on top of Tevin Jenkins. Who knows what happens? Left guard, whatever, whatever the plan is. But to me, John Michael Schmitz. I thought he was the the clear pick at fifty three for me. That would have um, been. He would have solidified. You think about Schmitz, Davis, and Wright along the the center and right side of your line, and then potentially Tevin Jenkins at left guard. And no matter what happens, listen, this is another way that we have to think about. Um, changing our thought process because i think people get stuck into the mode of all right we we covered our bases because we have carolina's pick next year well Mm -hmm. listen unless carolina or the chicago bears are awful next year this season coming up what i don't give a shit if you have two first rounders or three first rounders maybe even four first-rounders, we're telling you how good Caleb Williams is. There's people that that love May from UNC. Why are these teams going to trade off of them exactly. if they're going to be just as high? So that's the thing. So the extra first-rounder could be just as much for you to replace Braxton Jones if he fails, and he becomes a backup, and then you go get the kid from Penn State at left tackle. So these are the things that we have to think about. Marvin Harrison, yes, absolutely. If he's there, gotta be, gotta be one hundred percent in play. Real deal. He's the real deal. Ohio State. If you let's just say that the the Bears had the 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 seventh and eighth picks in the first round, and Arizona has the number one pick, and Kyler Murray falters, do you think that they're gonna give up? The chance to draft Caleb Williams? Of course, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. So you, you you're going to have to finish one or two to get one of those guys. In 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 my eyes, unless another team falters, that lot you know, an elite level team gets some critical injuries and they're not moving off of their quarterback, and they finish up, they finish you know worst in the league and get the, get the number one pick. But I think people fall into this trap to say, oh, fuck it. If if Justin falters, we got two first, we'll just go get Caleb Williams. <laughs> it ain't going to be that easy. I'll tell you that right now. No. This Caleb Williams is a generational quarterback. I'm excited to see how USC does next year. I love college football, and we'll see how that goes so me and chris zorich will be breaking it all down here at ttnl on the super 16 pole show where will usc be in zorich's preseason rankings i'm wondering but i do not see demarcus walker being the edge i believe he mm-hmm. will be your starting three tech yep. i could see them moving possibly justin jones out there they flirted with it last year, and he didn't look bad. But that's the thing, too, Phil. Another just to go back to Javon, he was 
He was 50-plus snaps a game in Florida. He's not going to see that here. No, you're 100% right. 52, I think it was. I think As was a the young number. guy, they're all, I want to see. Sh- that's a shitload of snaps. Oh, yeah. For, for an interior defensive lineman. That's a lot. They're also, I want to see how they handle him here. Like, if he's in great condition, this kid could, you know, if he does the things that are necessary because God-given ability is there, it's just not there on tape. I don't know what Yurko said about him. You, do you know why he likes him so much? He was, his, his biggest thing is, and he was very critical of people. He goes, unless you've played it, he goes, I, he said, playing in a two gap changes your mentality as a player. He goes, yes, I understand. It is is tough. He said, you, you lose in aggressiveness. He goes, I don't give a shit what anybody says. That was his overriding theme that to, you get this kid, you take all of the clutter out of his head, you put him in a one gap and you say, your job is to go. Yeah. Your job is to go. That's what I hope. I really do. He think he thinks it's a very big deal that Ryan Poles has the profile of what he wants in his offensive and defensive linemen. Because he's like, if if Ryan Poles looked at me, Yurko talking about himself, he goes, he would never, he would never draft me. But he's got his guy. He knows exactly what he wants. He's lived through it in Kansas City, and you know he brought up the he he brought up the same situation up there. And but again, it's we're not going to know until he gets out there. But I just think you go back to what those what the position coach and what Matt Eberflus said to this kid. I think it's going to be hammered. From day well, one, they they believe in their their coaching. Co- you can coach effort. You can coach hustle. You well, this, coach this the is the physical a, traits. So this they is, see the physical traits. That's what Rod they're Marinelli, saying. Yeah, they're saying they can. Do Rod, it. that was what Rod Marinelli said. He yeah. said, "There's things that I there I can teach you everything that I need to teach you, but you have to have some God given abilities that I that I cannot." Yep you and that's yeah, why that's the nfl <laughs> rod rod is a he goes what's the number one thing you look at when you're looking at three tech and he said the broad jump and if you go if you look at javon dexter's broad jump and pickens pickens is even more impressive they 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 were pickens got him by like an inch or six inches let me yeah. look nine two for dexter and the broad but that would put him around the Pickens nine eight, yeah, nine foot eight. Pickens had a thirty and a half inch vert. How that Dexter had a thirty one inch vert. I'm just grabbing that for you, Claude. Um, oh, that was like top of the, you know, they were top of the class with that. Now Dex, and listen, there's the human condition as well. There's so not many people on on this earth that are walking around the size. Of Javon Dexter. So that advantage is there to Shane's point at 310 pounds to jump 31 inches. That's pretty impressive when you look at it from that physical standpoint. That's never been the concern about him. 
This kid had 18 sacks as a senior in high school. That's what put him on this level. Go, let's get his high school coach on here. What were you running on defense? Were you running yeah. four three? So just real quick, Phil. Uh, yeah, Zach Pickens' broad jump puts him in the 95th percentile. 95th, which is crazy. Wow. Dexter's uh, broad puts him in the 76th percentile. Uh, his 40-yard dash puts him in the 91st percentile for players his size. Uh, vertical jump Let's 72. 310 at 6'6, six, six, running 488. Yep. No, want, well, this tells me the want to hear the story, and you can write about it tomorrow and now give me credit. When I look at a guy at 488, but his split 10 yard is 1.8, that tells me he has a slow get off, which is showing up mm -hmm. where, Ivan, on the tape. We got to get this get off, Ryan Pace. I hear him in my head. He's got great get off. Wish I had that drop. We don't have that drop. Anymore. I'd, I'd but we got to get that because everything else, and again, I agree with Yurko and every coach out there. My father said it on the show as well as Kramer. Yes, two gapping is, is hard. I don't agree with Yurko that it takes away your aggressiveness. That I don't agree. I think you're placating there. Fucking drive, grab well, he, the center. He he. And now you're playing both sides. You can't. He talked be about it. They're waiting. He He's talked about combo it. block with down his. The field. With him, with him, he said at one hundred percent affected him. He was talking about himself. Himself. Yeah, going from a one gap to a two gap, and he said. It is way easier for a player to go from a two gap to a one gap than it is to go from a one gap to a two gap and make that adjustment. So he said that that was another thing. That was another benefit that was in uh, Dexter's favor. That is. He's, listen, there is good. Dexter's going to have no excuses because you're going to come in here and your expectation is get your traction. You know what TTNL did tonight, especially you, Shane, just being the guy that you are, and you deserve a hell of a lot of credit for this. And I know I say it all the time and point it out to people, but you brought up this fucking phone call, and the coach says get the track shoes on, but the scout says get ready. Yeah. You got to get that hustle. Like this is – we're swinging for the fences in drafting this kid. Because if he does put it together, then, then you got something there. But for me, I'm never going to ever be this surface-level bullshit. The tape tells me there's concerns with Dexter, and we will watch it, and we'll learn from it. And if Dexter goes out there, I can have seven blog boy tough Street thug Twitter fucks GMs coming at you said Dexter would suck, but where is he now? And they'll never understand the context of this. They'll just forget it, and that's fine. Well, Shane will fucking destroy them ninety percent of the time for me. But the reality is, it's a conversation of truth. It's something that you're seeing in the GM. I love the first round pick. Dexter, to me, I would have went Thule from USC 
all day because the motor and the explosiveness, and he could play edge, but he also could play three. They're similar in their versatility. Dexter has more size and height. I don't know. Uh, what Can you look up Thule's numbers? Yeah. That would be interesting. I wonder if he didn't fit. Like Courtney was saying, credit to her as well, they love traits. And Shane, I think for three years, you've pointed out Ryan Pace prior to polls. And then we start putting a library together of last year's draft picks, polls. Raz score pulls Raz score. You're seeing the Razzes line up. They got to be over a certain certain level, right? They got to be over a certain level. For me, sometimes you miss out on the Charlie Jones of the world, looking only at Rat or or the, or the USC kid, whatever he ran. But you find a a Rashawn Johnson. I believe Rashawn Johnson will fucking be the starting running back for the Bears. I really do. I said it the second they drafted him, I think. Yeah. When you were right. Fairly early on, yep. You're right before me. Just looking at this and hearing from my buddy and also looking at the tape that Ivan's cut up and what we've been watching all offseason – I think you can't overlook a guy's pride in wanting to be a part of a team or the alpha and you're the backup. I think you're about to see a bear hibernating explode. That's the perfect analogy for it. It really is. He's a hibernating bear. And and they called, they called, I said grizzlies in the open because I don't know if you saw that. They called them grizzlies. That's what they're looking for. Grizzly. Yeah. Poles, mm-hmm. they dubbed them Grizzlies. They were looking for grizzly bears. I did so, not dude, hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's what they call them. They 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 call them the guys they drafted were in their eyes grizzly bears. Well, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to speak to yeah. the I'm wondering I'm I know Alex gave him the right time, but I wonder if he has eleven fifteen because we gave him a time of ten fifteen PM East. I'm wondering uh, if he didn't or the other 11, way. Did he think? Oh, I'm wondering if he didn't think maybe 11:15 well, p.m. Where is he at? What time zone is he in? Yeah, where is he? I don't know where he was when Alex uh, hit base with him. I was sitting here thinking maybe Alex told him, but he did say at the time he told Alex time. he had limited time because he had a lot of stuff yeah, going he said, like, on. Half an yeah. hour or something. Yeah. yeah, 30. So he was very. But like I said, well, if if we don't get him on tonight, we'll we'll. Go back after things settle down after rookie minicamp. And yeah. I think people need to don't go out and badmouth this kid, man. It's yeah, a, please. You think of the whirlwind yeah. of first pick from, from Kennesaw exactly. <laughs> State. Nine fifteen Central. He's yeah. Just letting you know. Yep. No, no, no. I know, but it's even if you tell them that sometimes they oh, we'll wait yeah. for eleven yeah, fifteen. We'll give them some time. <laughs> we'll give them some time. I still got things to say, even though I'm tired as shit. Not going to lie to you, but I love you fans. And I'm asking you, if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you doing? Just subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash the like button. Do it for the pride. Do it for good energy. Let's start this offseason. We've 
completed the draft. Let's start this off season the right way. Like you're in church, whatever church you are. This is my church. I know that. I've always said that. My dad would get upset with me. I go, but the bears are my religion. Like that's, I live and die with the bears. So you know that part in church where they say, peace be with you and also with you. And then everybody shakes each other's hands. I think that's where we got to start this off season. Like shaking hands. No mother cunts right now. Just all handshakes and passion for this beginning. And then by the time summer hits. Sunshine, sunshine and rainbows? All. No, your pride is there. I'm just saying, let's just be a little nicer to one another in the chat. We don't have to go after Rico. Hopefully we here. don't get dinged for this. Do you want to hear Yurko talking about Dexter on the pod? Will it get dinged? Can we just hear the audio instead of seeing it? Is there a way to just play the audio of it? Uh, uh, yeah. Last thing I would want is I don't know how they are with that. I guess because it's so shiny and new. Yeah, I can't. Come think aboard. I mean, we're airing all of their so we're airing all of their pressers and. Oh, th all this is the ChicagoBears.com or this yes. is ESPN? Yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, this is, well, it's. Because it's ESPN, I think they might say something. Yeah. Follow me. That's fine, yep. Can you just play it on your phone, Ivan, to the mic? I could find Or Shane, do you have it on your phone? Where is it? Yeah, I have it up here on YouTube. Hold on. Isn't there a way to like just advert via audio? I think if Shane just plays it, it'll play off his computer. It should. Really? Well, if, can you? You, you, just, you could go share screen audio well, only. Audio only. You can do that. Yeah, there's an a button when All you right. go to present. Well, let me stop the screen. Yeah, it says share screen. At least I thought I used to. No. It's a uh, share it tab say, audio. That's yeah, it. it's not. It used to be audio only option. Can you rem? Yeah, I don't know if it can. Well, we could put a picture over top of it so you just see the. The you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess that would be the workaround. <laughs> if you follow what I'm saying. See, this is not scripted, everybody. We are doing this live. <laughs> see what I'm saying? I'm not gonna play it. But here it is. So we do this. And you do this. And then, yes. There you go. It's coming in. Get out of Florida. It's coming in. Playing the two-gap system. When you're in a two-gap system, this is the lesson. Educators that here. Educators here. When the, the issue was people on social media were yeah. saying he's getting out. Well, not even just social media. We, yeah. we had people on TV as well. He's slow out of his stance. Mm -hmm. He's getting out of his stance too slow. So Educate us on why that's that? not an issue. So when you're two-gapping, your that's initial crazy. reaction is side to side. He is that's slow out of stance. I'm going to mirror the guy in front of me. I'm going to go to side to side. I'm not going forward. The producer? As much. Oh. I'm going on an angle side to side, depending upon what the center is going to do. Right. You know, or, you know, if they put him in an even front, what the guard's going to do. So my job is not to penetrate and to come out of the blocks like Usain Bolt. 
My job is to come out with kind of feelers out and see which direction this guy's going to go. And then I got to be able to mirror this guy. So two gapping is side to side. One gap is going forward. Right. One, one gap is coming out of the box. This is a one gap penetrating defense. I'm sure there was a familiarity with this young man when he was coming out of high school. And he was a five-star recruit, probably, just like Jalen Carter. He was above Jalen Carter. There you go. Yeah. And so Jalen Carter goes to a defense where they're playing a penetrating-style defense at the University of Georgia, and it uh, all his skills come to light. Yes. Right? There this guy know. goes to a Florida system where all of a sudden the defense coordinator, I don't know when they came in, whether these were the guys there that recruited was a, him there or was there was a, a coaching yeah, change there was a, a change. philosophy change. There was a change. All of a sudden I go from playing a penetrating-style defense to a two-gap system, which is probably – no idea. I, in college, I played a penetrating defense. In high school, penetrating defense. Um, I go to Miami Dolphins. They're playing a two-gap system. Yeah, I'm reading the screws. My old coach, Dan Sikonovich, your D-line coach down there. Read the That's screws. my dad's friend. Read the screws. I'm like, what Coach the Dan Sikonovich. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I look up there. I look up there, and there's two screws in the helmet that yeah. are right there. Yeah. So he's saying, read the screws. Look at the screws, and the screws will take you where you need to go. I get it. And that's where Yurko's coming from in regards to this. But, again, there's certain things he's leaving out. When you two-gap, you also have to deliver the blow. You can't be late out of your stance. Well, yeah, he goes, in, he goes into more the guy, depth. The host, the, yeah. the host is kind of alluding, like, where is this coming from? Like, well, come on. Don't yeah, do that. I'm not don't sure. Do that. I don't know Pat the designer, but I'm not sure he's a. Oh, I don't, I, I don't think. Yeah, Pat the designer. I don't think Model. he's a, crunching through hours of hours no. of tape. No, where does this come from? Nerd alert! <laughs> where does this come from? Oh man. The reality but, uh, of it. Here's another interesting thing, just to, to move off of. Let's of go to the next. Dexter, but uh, go to Tyler Scott and yes. what this that may mean scary. moving forward for guys on the current team. And I know teams don't want to talk about it or people don't want to talk about it or even think about it. But end of the day, are they going to pay – Claypool, are they going to pay Mooney? Like I said, it's it, it's definitely an interesting debate to talk about. I think you Mooney more than Komet. A hundred out of a hundred times, my team would pay Mooney. Mooney has given his heart and soul. This is the first time he's been injured. He's not had an injury until now. He Plays to the whistle, blocks. Claude had to go to that fucking game. I know. know. Uh, But the reality of this for me is Mooney stays. Like, what has Tyler Scott done but be fast? Let's see what he does. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying moving But I've seen it a lot. You guys want to see a lot of DMs. Can we put up some film of him right now? No. No? Okay. Were, were we talking about him? Weren't we just discussing it with Matt Waldman um, the other day? 
And he, yeah. Matt was saying he has that uh, that clap ability. That he, he he said it in such a, in a Matt Waldman way, but that was really funny that I'm going to butcher right now. But he, he pretty much said that he has this question with his hands. That sure. You get the ball to him and, you know, he's, he, he's wide open. He does everything else. And then here it is, catch the football and he can't do it. Like that sounds like a Valus Jones to me. That's why you get drafted in the fourth round and not in the second where a lot of people were expecting you to, right. to go. That's one of the things. None of these guys are perfect, but I just I think it is healthy to to let everybody understand the oh. way that some of this works sometimes. Now listen, the Bill has the, a good question. The Moody Bears paid as a three or a two. I believe he's a two. I believe it's DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney. Those are the yep. top two. Claypool is an unknown right now. He is whatever. Then St. Brown, how their roster is going to be. But I like the, the pick of Tyler. But at Scott. the same time, Phil, they, they wanted to pay. They tried to pay David. David turned them down, David Montgomery. Right. He wasn't a Ryan Poles investment. They believed in the player. And this is what this is going to come back to Khalil Herbert. It's going to come back to Chase Claypool. It's going to come back to Darnell Mooney. But out of those they three guys. They talked about Mooney like he. Out of, but they, they talked about David Montgomery the same way. They talked about Roquan Smith the same way. They you talked about back. Darnell Mooney from Jump. Yeah. About his work ethic. But, Phil, that's what I'm saying. They, no, you you're can, right. You can love the, You can love the work ethic. You can love Everything so about the guy. Comet you can love. You can love Mooney. his blocking ability. I don't think they're. I don't think it's a one or the other. I listen. I love everything about Darnell Mooney. To me, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. This draft to me says Jalen Johnson's gone. Will not be a bear in 2024. I don't think he fits, to be honest. I don't, I don't think that they. I. I. Think, I, I agree I've had with the you. feeling that his financial. I could totally see that. I think his financial expectations are going to be way out of range of what they are, and we don't know. We've heard Cap come on and say that Mooney wants what seventeen million a year. Cap, yeah, he had said fifteen. This guy wants fifteen million a year. No, no, yeah, that's gonna. No but this is the, these are the things, and you can say that money doesn't matter, and it fucking matters every time because they're going to have some big decisions coming up, money-wise. And who's Creighton talking about? He's been an unknown for three years. Oh, uh, Mooney. I think he's talking about Mooney. He's been Mooney. an unknown. Uh, unknown. No, three maybe, years. Maybe Claypool. He must be talking about Claypool. Claypool. Yeah, he must be. Be clear. Yeah. Be clear because I have no idea what that is. Especially when you come come on. And then Logan. Logan has to freaking go watch the five episodes of UK Office that exist. Yeah, yeah. it is it is a big if, Logan, but that that's just like saying, well, they drafted a corner, but he's got we we understand. I mean, everybody's got to prove themselves, but he's going into a contract year. Jaylen Someone Johnson. sent me some headline like they're working on a new deal now with him. Mm, 
Did you see that? I don't think they're working on any deal right now with anybody. I think you'll see a deal come on. You'll see a deal in like August during training camp. I'd be a little bit, I'd be a little bit surprised. I just, you guys have heard me talk about it on these airwaves. I just, I get the sense that Jalen and what do they always talk about? And they, it, it, it went right back to Roquan ball production is key. Jalen Johnson has one interception. I agree. I don't see, I don't see the hype in Jalen. Good cover guy, not great. I thought he'd be a better, more physical tackler. There's a level of pride he played, that I thought he had. He doesn't do it for me off the like this kid. People want to go back to the, the Eagles game and say that he played great against AJ Brown. AJ Brown also had like 220 yards that game. Let's not forget that part of it. <laughs> I also feel like, and this is just my observation when I was going with the team to Dallas, if there was one outlier of the energy vibe, it was Jalen Johnson. Like he beat to his own drum and but it was all brought, about Jalen. They've, you look at the way the bears, the way that they've done, I mean, Pace drafted Jalen Johnson, but he's second rounder. Kyler Gordon, second rounder. Jaquan Brisker, second rounder. Tyreek Stevenson, second rounder. Those are large investments there. Good point. But now at this point, Darnell Mooney has got to be paid. Chase Claypool is going to be up for contract. Cole Komet is going to be up for contract. Um, Darnell Mooney, up for contract. It. They're not so. Let me ask you. Let me ask you, Anthony. That is a great explanation. He's. I don't think he's bought into this culture, Jalen Johnson. I don't. I think he's more of that. We saw. I was most concerned with Eddie Jackson. I swear. Is that? Is that? that Come on, James. You're gonna give up. You're gonna give up 400 yards, but say, well. Jalen Johnson was on him. He only gave up 200. 200. I mean, <laughs> James Hunter. Not how He's playing works. Madden here. Throwing 400 yards receiver. Come on. And you're totally, totally just projecting that. Oh, my God. But if it was humor, it was funny. If it's your real truth, it's ignorance. In bliss, as Andrew, as Angelo would say, pure bliss, pure bliss. But I'm with you. I, the, but the funny part about it is, Phil, if you take Darnell Mooney, you take Cole Komet, you take Jalen Johnson, and you take Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. all who'd need deals, Ryan Poles and this staff, this coaching staff in the front office are mostly invested in Chase Claypool. No, you're 100% right because you've traded <laughs> yep. a second-round right. pick. For you lost me Isaiah Foskey for that pick. But it's just, no, it's, you're 100% it's an interest, right. It's an interesting it's totally, debate. And listen, you can't you, – you can't, it, it, the problem is if you let Jalen Johnson walk, you better make sure these guys are you – know, it's going to be critical this season. But I always hate – to 
you know, you create a whole. This could happen, Jay Zane. This totally could happen. You never know. Jalen Johnson know. could be subjected to a trade in camp. That would not surprise me. I don't think I would. I would put my money on Darnell Mooney getting an extension. I made a prediction back in uh, January that would anybody on this panel be shocked if one of the Bears open camp? It's usually right around my birthday, so let's just say July 25th. July 25th. Yeah, so let's just say that date. Yes. Camp opens up, and there's no Jalen Johnson there. Would anybody be shocked? No. It's no. the same thing that it's the same thing that Roquan did. Rid of big pieces already, so that yeah, they'll, it's they'll the same them. thing that Roquan did. And you had that issue last Roquan year. Roquan had that first came in uh, with with, yeah. with Jalen. They they had the issue yeah. with, with Roquan, and then they had the issue with yeah. Jalen as well. Yeah. That kind of was a little more quiet until training camp opened. You're like, oh, Jalen's not running with the ones. Oh, that's that's yeah. weird. Where's Jalen Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. How so about we trade him? How about you make a trade? Now and get an edge rusher. What do you think we get for him? I don't know. I'm just saying. I wouldn't go for draft capital. (laughs) I would try to find myself a young defensive end. Well, that's when you call the commanders who need another corner. Chase Young. And you'd say, listen, if you could do that, that would be great. The Bears have plenty of money. Oh, yeah. It's not a money. It's not a money thing, Phil, but they're not going to listen. Just because you have $100 to spend. We've all told our kids this. They get a hundred dollar bill. They're like, you know, I'm going to spend it. You don't have to spend it all, right there. You can save some of it for a rainy day. And the Bears are going to have a pretty big financial day coming up if the kid at quarterback hits. And I believe he will. You saw what Jalen Hurts just got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a part of all of this. You know, you, you, they were talking about setting the fi- re- resetting the financial clock at quarterback. Don't think that they're not thinking of, all right, so we brought in Terrell Smith. We brought in Tyreek Stevens. So we don't have to pay a fucking corner what Jalen Johnson is going to be expecting to be, to, to be paid. Hey, mm-hmm. What would you be willing to pay Jalen Johnson? Like what? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, where would cor- the starting cor- corners be? have gotten – Corner, that's why it's a premium position. Someone got crazy money. What is the top paid corner now? Is it Jalen Ramsey who got traded? Who is the top paid corner? Because that's an interesting something I didn't even think about. Like, where would you rank this guy in the league at corner? Like, for me, Jalen Jahir Alexander. Mm -hmm. So, the Packers, Alexander. What is he? What's four his year, contract? Four year, eighty-four yes. million dollars. Four uh, years, eighty-four 20, million. He averages twenty mil, one million a year. Denzel mm-hmm. Ward is next at twenty point one. Jalen Ramsey's at twenty. Marlon Humphrey's at nineteen point five. So that the so thing where, about it is, they're up in the twenties, Shane. Yeah. Where is Jalen? He Jaylen ain't a Johnson, twenty million see. dollar corner. Well, yeah. Denzel Ward was a first rounder. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey was a high first, and th- this is the this is the thing. Even you can go back to Roquan Smith. This is the difference, and this is the difference when you're talking to a guy like Darnell Mooney. 
Darnell Mooney was a fifth round draft pick. He Bullet does not. He, he does not have generational wealth as a fifth round draft pick in the NFL. Exactly. Darnell Mooney. Yep. He has Roquan Smith for whatever had top ten guaranteed money the day that he was drafted. Jalen Ramsey did. Jalen Johnson second round money. He's got nice money. Is it generational wealth? No. Second round draft, it's not generational wealth, I mean, to the level of what you're talking with what these guys are signing for. And if, if I mean, would, would do I think Jalen's going to settle for 18? Nope, I don't. Uh, he's not in that category, in my opinion. Um, the shoulder, Bear Truth, you're 100% right. The shoulder, he's been prior to the reason why he fell in the draft was the shoulder injury. They don't in have to reach the floor, another. and they don't have to reach the floor, Creighton, until the opening of the new league year in 2024. There's it's not even a blip on their radar right now. That's that's I mean, you for them to reach the cash floor, it's extremely easy. They throw out a couple of extensions. They go out and listen, I'll tell you right now, just to kind of pivot a little bit. I wouldn't sign a veteran pass rusher. I would sign two. I'd bring in an older guy like Justin Houston, who I still think if you say go after the quarterback, I know he's 34 years old, but you can have him in a, a veteran mentor role here. And I know he probably wants to play for a contender, but you throw him a couple extra million. And yeah, come to Chicago, and then you 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 pair him with a guy like Ngakwe, or you pair him with a guy like Frank Clark, who Ryan Poles is used to. And those are your two guys; those are your two starters. And then that's pushing Travis Gibson down into a role that he's probably better suited for. It's pushing Dominique Robinson down into the fastball off the bench. I would sign two. They have more than enough money to do that. I like it, Shane. Give Justin Houston a one-year deal. Go out and give Frank Clark take, a one-year deal and say, guess what, guys? You're going to come to a team. We need pass rushers. We just beefed up the interior of the line. We have great linebackers that we've paid. You guys are going to pay. You're going to be able to showcase so you can hit the market again next year. That's the way that you have to – that's the way that you have to work it with these guys. You're probably going to have to pay a little bit more up front, but, but who gives a shit right now on a one-year deal? That's what you do. Especially I, on a one-year I like Justin Houston, and I'm not a guy that wants to bring in older guys. I like Justin. I've always been a big fan, and I think he could have a role on this team and probably not cost you what uh, probably what Yannick Ngakwe is is looking for. But I would bring I would bring in two. I'm two I would go with Houston and and Jadavian Clowney and have. I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't Clowney be Clowney to me would Clowney be a, can a good fit you. here. And he'd provide yeah. you with run defense. I mean, he's an immense upgrade to what you have. And you never know with someone like that. The key uh, is it, it if you're looking at New York, if if Carl Lawson is let go, then you go get him. Oh yeah. All day long. That's the I feel like he's been me, in the league for like 40 years. Carl yeah, and he's Lawson. not even he's not even that old. I mean, he's not. Um, what is craziest this? thing? Carl Lawson. 
You got you got to. I he's, agree with he's you. He's 27. He's 27 years old. God. Who was the other Lawson? 49ers. Who was that? Oh, Manny. Manny Lawson. Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, my God. Manny Lawson. What was the other thing? Uh, back to Cole Komet. I've seen Bullets put this in the chat like 10 times. He signed with Minnesota like God. 90 days ago. <laughs> Bullets, this was my favorite guy. I thought we would get him right out of free agency. Yeah. We didn't. He signed a one-year deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Shaq Lawson. Did he go I back to be Buffalo? Against it. He's in Buffalo. Yeah, oh. he re-signed him. Speaking of Shaq, Shaq Barrett, man. What a tragic story. Oh, can't even can't even imagine what that poor family's going through. Dude, oh. I can't. Oh. Losing a prayers up to them. Can't imagine walking into a situation like that. I'd be I'd be done. Not sure you ever recover from something like that. If you don't know what Shane's talking about, uh, the Barrett family, Shaq Barrett, who I loved or still love, the player, uh, their three-year-old daughter two. drowned. Two. Almost the same age two. as my daughter. Yeah, that's why it hit me hard. Drowned in the pool. Oh, uh, just yeah. tragic. Oh, Prayers go up. Sounds like Barrett. it was a, one of those... Mom thought she was with dad. Dad thought she was with oh. mom. And anybody that's got a two, my daughter will be two in June. And that you can say that's terrible parenting. It, that that shit is easy to 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 do. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, Ivan, you know, it only bro, takes you, a minute for that to you, go down. You like, turn you turn your head eleven seconds, and oh. they're in a different level of the house. It's we were it's, in the I, mall, and Steph had a fucking anxiety attack, calling me. I don't know where he is. My fucking son, Devin, just took off yeah. down the mall. I was able to see him because I was with the other son going to bringing him to the potty. And I saw Devin jogging. I'm like, what the? And Steph, law, you know, she turned her back for a second. She'll kill me for telling that story. <laughs> it totally scared the life out of you. Yeah. I told the story, I think, right when we I was doing the show in the sunroom the day we first moved here. And I was thought the fucking neighbors had kidnapped my kid, remember? I turned. I was outside with him. I came in with my other son. I went back out. There's no Tate. I'm like, where is he? Yeah. Where? I'm screaming. I'm going down. This is a new neighborhood. I don't know any... Anybody. I don't know where this kid is. His bike's on the ground. He was last playing with these neighbors who look like they, you know, I was totally judging these neighbors too. They have him in this house. They were talking with him. I'm like knocking on their door. They were like, no, you can come in and look. We, I haven't seen him. I'm like, I was all Sherlock Holmes, Ivan. Nervous wreck. <laughs> It was the one night Steph was going out with her girlfriends. You know what? The, know where he was? He went inside for the first time in his life and took a shower on his own. I'm like, you're in the shower? You didn't hear me screaming for you? 
Oh my God. Talk that about happened. Uh, I was like dead. Ela was getting ready to her flight to Prague and Riley was with her to go visit her parents. And I was at home and they, the flight got delayed. So they're buying time and walking around into a couple of the shops. And so Ela was looking at something. She turned around and gone. No Riley. And what he had did, he had snuck into, uh, you know how they have the clothes on like a like a circle rack and you can like spin it around. He went into it so you couldn't really see him. But, you know, when you're in JFK airport, it gets pretty intense in there at times. And she was 11 minutes looking for him. And he he could hear her screaming, but he just thought he was being you know, smart ass little badass. And yeah, they're never going to find me in here. Oh, yeah. in the <laughs> and she ranks. did. She's like, I thought about calling you. She's like, I was flipping the fuck out and screaming and running around. And then finally, <laughs> on that 11th minute, then here comes this little asshole popping out of the fucking, you know, welcome to New York City t-shirts. <laughs> and oh hard to God. even be mad at him at that point because you're just so relieved so that they're there. But it's just, yeah, I, but yeah, thoughts and prayers and whatever you, you do for, for uh Shaq Barrett and his family. Uh so yeah. tragic for them to be dealing with that over the weekend. Well, if you guys you guys want to talk a little center, there's a guy Vincent's been asking this question here. Between Kramer, Whitehair, Patrick, and Dieter. <clears throat> which you're most confident at center? Most confident in to, with me, I mean I decided though, because I think there's question marks with all, all of them. Um to me, uh I it would be Cody Whitehair. I mean, if yeah, you're he's only done it at a Pro them, Bowl yeah. level, yeah. So again, I look at this question. It's very difficult to be answered because everybody has question marks on them. So the most confident would have to be Whitehair. I believe in Dieter, and people think it's just because. Oh, the Bears we have, have a friendship. To the Bears must see something in him. He's I don't know how you can't when he's you want survived to. an entire regime change. And that that says something. And listen, guys, if you're gonna say that Javon Dexter is young in his you know journey yeah, as a player, exactly. Dieter not playing, I mean, from South Africa and, and all of that, it's rugby. Yeah, they see something in him. So that's a testament to Dieter. But, I mean, if you're going to say who do you have confidence in, and I think that me, I would have drafted the center. I said to everybody, John Michael Schmitz, I totally get that. But I can see the Bears when there's question marks with Tevin. Nate Davis, yes, you understand, but there's question marks with Braxton Jones. And then you have – there's obviously questions with Darnell Wright. He's a rookie. Having that veteran pre presence that's played multiple spots on the offensive line, is Cody perfect? No, he's not perfect. But I can see that that would be the Bears' preference to have a veteran guy there backed up by another veteran in Lucas Patrick, who we haven't seen more than a handful of snaps at center. You think you think there's a chance 
uh, Anthony says that uh, Cody gets cut if there's an expensive edge available. I think that's a yeah, they, they got plenty of money. They have yeah, for forty the, million in cap space. So money's to, not a. They think he's gonna get cut. I think the way no. they talk about Cody in that presser, I think he's gonna be here. If Schmitz was drafted, yeah, then you then Cody. Oh, yes. is a goner. Now yeah, if you made I would, a second round investment in a center, I would be absolutely fucking stunned if they released Cody. To me, it would be a foolish move to release Cody Whitehair at this point. That it it makes no sense. I'm with you. I'm with you. And plus, hopefully, Cody, you know, Cody hasn't been in the best shape over the last course. So hopefully. Cody goes into this season with a chip on he his. Looks, he looks like he's lost weight. I did see an updated picture of him. And Tevin Jenkins actually in the... Um, the latest Bears. Yeah. So he did looks, uh, so Larry Borum. Larry Borum looked lighter in those yeah. pictures. That's Tevin. That's today. Yeah, look at Slim. Look at Tev. Wow. Big Tev. Nice. About 6'9 with that hair. Is he rocking a mullet? Is that a mullet or is that someone's hand behind him? Yeah, that looks good in a mullet. I like the mullet. Yeah, he looks like the kid from fucking the American Idol competition. It's a guy's forearm behind him. Yeah, Trey no, from the Trey from no, the Faye. There's no party in the back there. That's a guy's forearm. <laughs> Trey from the Fay. <laughs> oh, I've been watching American Idol. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I know, George. I know. One other thing, Cole Komet, like I was saying, I I need a year of seeing him before. Contract talks begin December, right around Christmas. That's your yeah. gift. I don't want to see him getting a fucking extension in August when he's done. And then we're sitting there watching the same. Oh, he's going to improve next year. He's going to watch him next. I, I want to wait on that. I want to see that. I'm more comp, comp, confident in Darnell Mooney than I am in any of these other options. Any of them. Yeah, I think I think they're bringing him. I think you're way too hard on Cole. Does he have things to work on? Yeah, but I also think it's the position in the NFL that takes the longest to to grow into who you are, but there's things that obviously, yeah, you should know well before you get to the NFL, you don't need to jump for every, every pass. I totally understand that, but Cole just turned 24 years old uh, in March, I believe it was. So I think that he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's definitely getting re-signed. I think that that's, I think you could take that to the bank hundred percent. Komet's getting extended. Who's your favorite undrafted free agent? I was excited to see them bring in Badgett. I see some things there. Obviously, there's nothing, there's no perfect, uh, perfect prospect. Um, but um, you know, he's got some arm talent. He can get outside the pocket and he can move. I know he had some questionable passes at the senior bowl, but I I just like the guy, the Bears bringing in guys with something in that position like last year they brought in jesus i hadn't even heard of the heard of the school of the quarterback that they brought in 
last year was like a division three guy or something like that that they brought in for rookie minicamp and it ended up being a being an issue because he couldn't even throw the football or whatever but um i just i like keeping these guys in the pipeline is he a guy that you're gonna have to worry about getting poached off of your practice squad no i don't think so because if you get poached off the practice squad then you're on somebody's active roster i don't think he's there yet but get what what is the where is the downside in them bringing in a quarterback and keeping him in the system i mean if philadelphia can draft they took a chance on carson strong last year they fucking drafted tanner mckee this year phil he was a guy that i know that you that you liked mm-hmm. um keep these guys in here if they don't work they don't work out put them on the put them on the practice squad and and let them grow and, and stick with them for a year and if they're if they're not ascending, then you move off of them, and it's no harm, no foul. But I, to me, I would have a quarterback on my practice squad, maybe even two of them. <laughs> it's uh, I to me, it just makes sense. I'm with you. I'm excited about him. I think you always have to draft a quarterback. The Bears did not. I'm excited to see him. Obviously, the kid from USC, the left tackle. That the Bears signed, uh, yeah, kid from the the big boy from uh, Pitt, also is interesting. The other, a- yeah, the big boy from Pitt. I have a bit of a connection to the USC kid, somebody I really believe in, and he has told me, Phil, this kid is going to go into camp battling. So, and uh, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that. Uh, what about the kicker, Shane, from Syracuse? Since you were at those... Schmidt, yeah, he's the, the all-time leading kicker in Syracuse history. I mean, I... He, Did he, he missed impress the, you he, at all? Did he miss? Yeah, he's he's definitely interesting. Um, I think he's got some upside to him. I know he missed a couple in the dome that made me want to rip my fucking hair out but no i um i don't mind him you know it, I, I, listen it's another guy you can i think people are way too fucking hard on cairo santos and i i really do and i i understand that the extra points and that part of it sucked and you can do a whole lot worse than cairo and uh I know people are still stuck on the Robbie Gold thing, but listen, to yeah, me, it looks he, like... Is he a free agent? He's a free agent. Yeah, he's, he's a free 40, agent. 40 or 41 years old, and he's very much involved in this ESPN 1000, you know, is the new home of the Bears stuff, too. So I don't know if he's completely ready to transition into that world that looks like where it's probably going for him yeah. after football. But um, I... I'm not in on the the bring bring Robbie home stuff. I don't know. I'm, he's, I'm he's a Baron Hart. You remember that clip when they beat the Packers and he goes, "Oh yeah, the, yeah, no, I get the it." Packers. He's, yeah, that was, you gotta love that. Was that was fucking great. But he's what is he? 42? 42 he years old. old. Holy shit! Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's forty or forty-one. Yeah, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Um, Bobby Haskins is 
from USC offensive yeah. lineman. One of the dumber comments I've read the tonight. Kid from Santo. No, no part of Cairo Santos sucks. Go look at it. Just go look at his fucking numbers, Logan. It's ridiculous. The dumb comment. I think Logan's just poking <laughs> the bear. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's serious. I'm excited to see. No uh, pun intended. DeAnthony Jones from Houston. He got a mini camp invite, but a friend of mine that coaches out there thinks that this kid is something special. We'll see if he gets offered back. Um, the defensive end, Jalen Harris from Arizona, has length. Sean Harris's son. Is it? Yes. Former Bear linebacker Sean Number Harris. 55. 55. Yeah. That guy was thicker than freaking chocolate moose <laughs> when he came out of Arizona. He was a fuck. I was like, this dude's going to just level people. It's yeah. just so slick and skinny in a hole. Yeah. It <laughs> Surprised you didn't play that for Courtney. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Knowing these two. God. I played Who did the Sega drop? I put it in there. I don't that know. It's so it. funny. I didn't notice that Ivan put it in there. And job. during the while she's talking, I did one of these and I was clipping it and pulling it from YouTube and I went to upload it. I'm like, fuck, I, Ivan already did it. Ivan's ahead of I, was, I was waiting. I was trying to wait till the end the of the interview. But. Who pressed it? I, I did. Oh, oh sure. you. Yeah. That was good timing. Yeah. Should have given Ivan all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect timing. I was right, by the way, because I saw somebody. She's got the enunciation right, though. <laughs> like, no. I played that from. shit that's so many she's, times. That's how she, she says Sega. <laughs> what did she call again? Sega. 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 Yeah. We got to pull that clip and just make it a drop. We'll have Sega. to. Sega. Sega. We'll have How to did she her. say it? It's so. <laughs> Sega. Can we put the two together? Because I can't even say it like she said it. <laughs> Your brain is it's so. Se it's Sega, but yeah. she said it's Sega. Sega. Se yeah. Sega. 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 It's, it's Sega. Yeah. But she goes Sega. Yeah. Sega. <laughs> Our next intro for her. Yeah. It has to have that in it. Sega. With Sega. her saying it, and then she comes in on Sega. Sega. Yeah. Can do that. <laughs> Don't let me forget that, Ivan. Because that's gold. I gotcha. Oh, my God. If you're just tuning in and you were expecting, like all of us, uh, Alex Acevedo, the Travis Bell interview, uh, for some reason, Travis wasn't available tonight um, to, to make Still it on partying the show. At Sawa, Must be something uh, with defensive uh, tackles and the Bears defensive <laughs> tackles. Remember, Tommy Harris did the same thing well, back in the day. Yeah, he did. That's right. Tommy Harris ghosted us. Well... Last thing, and then we'll wrap it up. Travis Bell, though, does have some serious good yeah. traits. There's a great personality. If you didn't hear it, let's listen to the GM talking about Travis Bell. 
So Travis Bell, uh, this is probably one of my favorite human beings. Uh, he is a special person. Uh, I didn't want him to leave after his 30 visit, and he didn't want to leave either. Uh, there's something different about this guy. Um, he is passionate about the game. You know, when you talk about having a full-time job during the season and showing up to the locker room in your clothes with your ID badge and your little knife, you know, from his job, um, that tells you what the game means to him. He's working, um, and, and, and football and practice is recess to him, and those are the guys that we want. And He plays hard. His film, he's rank, he goes sideline to sideline. Like he said, that is not a lie, and it stands out on tape. I love the intensity that he plays with. Um, and again, that's going to make us better. You know, coming out of high school, the guy played D-line, running back, linebacker, fullback, everything. Um, you can see that in the way that he moves. With and then finished, he was like, oh, I'm at these training facilities with these power five guys. They have no idea how good they got it. Um, he's just, there's just something about him. There's something special about the human being, the energy that he has, and um, the passion for the game. Um, you can just tell like, just a, a good person that you want around. There it was. I was hoping to play it for him there. I mean, to see a GM talk about a seventh-round football player the way he did on Travis Bell is exciting. And I'm I'm looking forward to breaking down his tape for the patrons, and hopefully we can reset this interview and have Travis on the show with us. So... Unfortunately, it didn't happen tonight, Shane. Yeah, Do you well, blame Alex Acevedo or? Of course, of course. <laughs> I'm sure Jackal was involved. <laughs> Definitely Bratcher. Yeah, Bratcher. You might Bratcher be playing bingo it. with Bratcher. Don't could, be Where is the bingo thing, Claudio? You're supposed oh, to. Have we have to get right. that next show. Man. Find it. Did anybody check on Bratcher's menu? See what he ate for dinner tonight. Could someone? I'm looking us? right now. I fucked your no. mom. <laughs> what did Alan eat? What did Alan eat? Oh my fucking god! Your lunch with Mary. <laughs> lunch with Larry. No, lunch there's with no Larry. No dinner update. No dinner. No dinner update. No. Let's check on all our guys. Is is there any updates on Christopher Jackal? Uh, no, he's so stoked for the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Let's get it. <laughs> I can only imagine the smells coming on that thing, but you know, but you know, I can only imagine the smells coming on that thing, but you know. Jackal better do some shit. Jackal better do some shit. Jackal don't do shit. <laughs> there he is. Love that beat. Loves that beat, loves the song. Listen, we tried, we waited, we were hoping, but we had such a great conversation with the great Courtney Cronin of ESPN tonight. We do have some breaking Chicago Bears news for real. Oh, shit. Really? Bullets oh, is predicted. Bears running back Deontay Foreman has changed jersey numbers. Really? He is now he's switching from number 29, where Tyreek Stevenson is now number 29, and Deontay Foreman sliding into number 21. 21? 
Oh, I was okay. hoping Stevenson was going to take the 21 and Deontay could stay with 29. That was good. I'm not a big fan of – but one thing, I was, as excited as I am about Roshan, I am not a big fan of number 30 at running Really? Back. Not a fan. All stop? Was it all stop 30? No, Terrell Davis. No. Oh, Terrell Davis. Terrell it? Davis. Yeah. Who else wore number 30? All stop was 30-something, though. 40. Oh, he's yeah. 40. That's right. 40. Yeah. Okay. Who else wore number 30? Antonio Carter, fullback. Yeah. But are Tony you a fan? Carter. Are you a fan of number thirty on the running back? Not. Nah. I don't know why. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I do love no like... Noah Sewell. I was that number forty-four a great... on a linebackers. Uh-huh. Great look. Like, oh yeah. No thirty. I would. We're talking about Jake. running back corn. Jake's got to take yeah. a lap. 39 is like the worst number. That's a fullback. That's not Curtis Enos wore 39, right? Yeah, Wait and then minute. he switched. Then he tore yeah. his knee up and switched to 44 and oh, dropped like 30 pounds. Way. That's when he was all batshit crazy when he came back. 39 is my least favorite number. Yeah, I'm not a. Not like, a I can't. No, Jack. 39. No. 44, yes. Oh, Todd Gurley, the tribe. Todd Gurley wore number 30. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good one, too. Yep, Jeremy Lincoln, 39, looked awful. On green. So do you want – I mean, I know we all know it, but just the, the rookie numbers, Darnell Wright came in at number 58. Uh, Kendall Williamson, number 36, Tyreek Stevenson, 29, Terrell Smith, 32, Noah Sewell, 44, Tyler Scott, 13, Zach Pickens, number 96, Roshan Johnson, number 30, Jervon Dexter, number 98, Travis Bell, number 73. And what's DJ Moore having? Number two. Number two, two. two right? Okay. Number yeah. two. Yeah, Kyra, he... Cairo gave him number two, and Cairo yep. Santos is now number eight. Did you guys say Steven Jackson for 39 for the running backs? Was Steven we were Jackson 39? Oh, we, we didn't about talk about that. Yeah. No, no, I was, I was just thinking before. Sorry, it popped in my head. but 39, yep, Steven Jackson's probably yeah. the only running back I ever know that wore number 39. Is there any other running back that wore 39? You could think of going crazy with this, yeah. I remember Tim Worley wore 38, and and me and Mr. Hendricks are on together there. Oh, Brian Mitchell wore number 30. There's another good one. Good one, Axe Man. Probably can play a fucking guitar, I'll tell you that. (laughs) The Axe Man. Uh, 30. Least favorite number. Put it in the uh, YouTube comments. For me, it's always been number thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not. I've never been a big forty-five fan. That's an ugly number too. It is. Yeah, it really is. Craig Ironhead Hayward. Craig yeah. Ironhead Hayward wore forty-five for the Bears. Forty-five is an ugly jersey number, man. That's a battle, 39 and 45. Yeah. Other than uh, that, I think I like everything else. 19 actually, could be ugly sometimes. I don't mind 19, but like really any number in the 40s other than 44, never really been a huge fan of on, PJ. on jerseys. 
<laughs> Any other number than 44 is your favorite? If you were to pick a jersey you were going to play tight end, you'd wear 44. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd take 44. I'd be fine with that, yeah. I remember growing up, I was always – I like, if you were creating a player, like, when I was young on Madden, I would always make – if I created a wide receiver, I'd always make him number 88 back in the day. Always. That was your number? Always, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Marcus 80, Robinson just because of 80. Yeah, 80. but did you see like Forbes, the corner that went to Washington? He took number 13. Did he? Yeah, the cornerback, yep. Yeah, 49 is also an ugly number. Oh, quit shitting all over Ty Halleck. 19, 49, 30. You remember Ty Halleck? 59, it improves. 89, it improves. 69 is obviously an improvement. Mm. <laughs> 79, I'm sorry, Big Steve. Just remember Henry Melton, number 69. Mm. Yeah, hell yeah. Love Henry Melton. Get him on the show, Ivan. Henry Melton, reach out to him. Where's Bratcher? B59. B52. <laughs> Yeah, don't be those aren't bees. Come on, don't, you don't know your bingo. bingo I'm B, sorry, bees go from one to 50. G, what would be a G? What would be a G's, G's 49 to 60? So 69 oh, I, did the O's. I have no fucking clue what the actual. I didn't even know that was a fucking thing. You got a shout out 97. That's right. Yeah, love this show, and I love. The way that all the Bears podcasts are coming together. There you go. We're coming together. <laughs> Big it. Kyle Fitz fan. Kyle Fitz. Fitz yeah. Remember him? I had a little hope for him that he would show up. Yep. Nope. Uh, Tariq Cohen, you miss him at number 29? No. Nope. I was Barry Bananas Foster, number twenty-nine. Yeah, there was a there was a rumor going around that Darnell Mooney was going to switch to really zero. Yeah, zero for real. Yeah, because oh, Claudio, you wanted to fall in line. Claudio, you wanted to fall in line with Justin. This now, you want to fall in line with Justin and DJ Moore, so be zero one two. Oh, yeah. Unretire number three. That's a yeah. great number. All right. We've done it all. We've done it all. 29 isn't that bad of a number. No. It's 39. That starts getting ugly. 49. Ugly. Never a fan of 57 for a linebacker either. No? No. I like 50. For a linebacker. Better. I didn't mind it on the offensive line for like Olin, but yeah, even Roquan, 58. And it was never a big fan of 58 on the really? linebacker. Yep. I loved Wilbur Marshall <laughs> wearing 58. Oh my God. Fucking killer. 58. John, John Bostic. He came out hot. Do you remember the his first game against Carolina in the preseason? He had a pick six. Now we're John just Boston. talking. Now we're just talking with you guys. That being said, 
hopefully Alex or myself or Shane can get in contact with Travis and reset this interview up and we'll get him back. Yeah. Bears fans can get to know the guy. Even Courtney was excited to hear him on this show. Said we made know. fun of her saying <laughs> Sega. Courtney's texting me like, what the, where is he? I don't know. I don't know where he's at. Where is the music? The short condensed version as my eyes begin to tire. Is there <laughs> There's Mike Florio is putting out there that the NFL draft needs to expand to another round or two to clean up the UDFA process. I wouldn't mind that, to be honest. I just wish they would go faster. I hate the broadcast waiting. I just, want all of the horse and pony show gone and exactly. just that's yeah. fine. Just, it's just go it's never gonna it. change, but I totally agree. Want the ratings. They get the ratings. Oh, hold on. Hold here on. Go. Hold up. Breaking news. Breaking oh. news. Who's we're this guy? To, For the people that hung up. on. The people that long. hung on. Courtney's happy. Let's he's, bring uh, this guy out. There's a lot him. about this dude. He's like, fuck that. Up. Just because NFL draft experts don't have a guy atop their ranking doesn't mean there isn't talent still to be found throughout the draft. This guy exemplifies just that. This former Al from Kennesaw State played in 54 career games, tallied 124 tackles, 11 sacks, and 24 and a half tackles for loss. And most importantly, once Bears GM Ryan Poles had him in Hallis Hall, he didn't want him to leave. Say, hold up. Please stay. Bears fans, TTNL fans, never lies. let's Network. give it up for the newest Chicago Bears defensive tackle, the 218th overall selection, and the 2023 NFL Draft. He's Travis Bell. There he is. How you guys doing, man? What's How up, are Travis? you? Man, I had a long day, man. I'm just trying to get used to this, man. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. All good. Supposed to, been on in a little, supposed to been on here a little earlier, guys. I'm sorry, man. That's all good. Hey, just like draft day was worth the wait, so is this, Travis. Right? <laughs> Everybody's been waiting. Where's Travis? And we like, listen, all I know is he got drafted. He's probably worked out. Maybe something popped up, but you are here now. We were about to wrap up, and then all of a sudden, I hear a boop, and I see these big eyes like Mike Singletary looking <laughs> over the line. And I'm like, there he is. And now we get you on the show. We produce the intro for you. And I got to be, I got to lead off by saying this. Uh, when you hear a GM, and we already played it for the, the fans, but we'll play it again. Talk about you. 
in as a seventh round pick, the way Ryan Poles going through his first draft spoke about you, the impression you left on him. What was the impression you took away from Ryan Poles, the GM of the Chicago Bears? Honestly, man, I didn't know what to expect going in there. I just wanted to be myself, you know, and just uh, mm-hmm. make them understand me as much as I as, as much as I possibly can. And uh, just talking to those guys, man, the, the 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 conversation we had was great, and uh, the love was just authentic. So I just I just walked out like, man, I really, you know, this place is great, and. Don't kind of don't want to leave. And he felt the same way. He gave me a pat on the back and said, might have to bump you up a few rounds, man. And I was like, yeah, this talk went really well. I didn't know if he was joking or not. So, you know, I didn't know what to expect, man. I just was happy to have that um, experience under my belt, you know. So, Travis, take us back to draft day when you're – I know you said you're sitting there with your girlfriend. And, uh, you know, we were covered – we covered it from pick one to pick 259 mm-hmm. so we were right there but man when you're sitting there with your girlfriend and that that phone rings did you just do you tense up or you're just like holy shit i hope somebody's not pranking me you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly what it was man my heart dropped i'm talking about I I ain't know what to do, man. I was just on the phone with my agent, and he was telling me, yeah, it's a lot of teams that, you know, I already called and, and signed off for you, you know, uh, right after the draft. So I was like, man, I might as well cut the TV off. Now nah, that was literally at the end of the sixth round. So uh, I just really just wanted the opportunity. Didn't care how it came. But when, when I got that call from the Bears, that was something special, you know, because uh, we did have a great talk. The conversation was great. The, the – uh, my time there was overall, you know, fantastic. Everybody I talked to, you know, it just it felt like I I've been there before, like I was already around, you know. So it was it was amazing feeling. Was your girlfriend saying, "Where are we going? Where are we going?" <laughs> actually, actually, man, my girlfriend went to the store, and when she came back, the when she came back, I literally when 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 that number popped up on my phone, man, I turned. Every TV off, every light off. I'm talking about. So she came in the house and she was like, "Why is it dark? Why is the TV off?" I thought we was watching the. And she seen me on the phone and she literally just bust out crying and. Oh. uh, So it was a major moment, man, because she played a big part in this too, as well. Like she sacrificed a lot as well, man. So. Well, listen. To hear again, I'm going back to this. A GM talk about you. You left an impression on him, but let's be keep it a hundred like the show. Your tape and the player that you are obviously gives the benefit. The check in the box is the meeting and the personality that you fit this culture. But your love of the game of football, talk about that and how the GM talks about your high school. You played all these positions, then you get to Kennesaw State and you're working a job as you're playing you're not getting the NIL money you're going out there a where were you working everyone wants to know that and b what was it like to juggle that and play that love of football is not a question for you is it 
Nah, not a question, man. Uh, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a answer in uh, I'm a answer in order. Uh, a, I worked at R Ventures Medical, man. It's a medical supply chain company. I literally, you know, uh, wake up early in the morning, go work out, come home, change clothes, go to work, hop in a truck, uh, grab my grab my uh my clipboard and see what the job is for today, and you know, I'm I'm heading out. And I go pick up medical equipment, bring it back, store it. Uh, you know, I did a lot of different things. I worked in the warehouse. It was a lot to do there. And uh, the company was ran by like, uh, it was a family, family uh, owned company. And they just showed so much love, man. It was more than just a job for me. They was like family. They actually helped me through this process. You know, the two months of training for pro day and everything. So man, I I I owe them the world, man, because you know, they was real flexible with me. I literally, you know, uh, be there a few hours, do a job, leave on my break. I go to you know class, come back, and then leave out for practice. And I just go to practice in full gear. And, uh, I'm wow. talking shirt tucked in, everything, man. Sitting down, ready for meetings in the front, looking dead in my dead in my coach eyes. You know, I'm, I'm locked in. But I love the game so much, man, it, it didn't matter at that point. You know, I didn't think about it like that until I got around, until, you know, uh, I was training for pro day and everybody I trained with was was big time guys. You know, they played at big schools like Washington, uh, Missouri, and those guys were, you know, I don't want to put their business out there like that, but, you know, they was, they was getting NIL money. They was getting all yeah. it. And uh, they literally, I don't know if it was the agent or what, but, you know, that someone would get into it with their agent, man, because, you know, mm -hmm. they weren't properly funded. They had to work a job. And I'm sitting there laughing like, man, I did this for two years, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was something that, you know, that was just normal to me. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, But it was it was experience I wouldn't I, – I don't regret and I wouldn't change for the world, man. I'm glad I went through that. I grew a lot. I struggled when I first got there. Uh, I honestly thought, you know, college wasn't for me, man. That was that was my main thing. I was like, man, this might not be for me, you know. Uh, but I, I adjusted because I love the game so much, and, and now I'm here, man. So Look at that. Amazing. So when that phone rings, Travis, what is the – I mean, are you just – I was crying. Are you, are you hearing anything that's being said to you at all or – I, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Emotions was high, man. I was my everything I've been through was just flashing in my head, man. And 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 I'm not a social media guy, as y'all can see. I don't post a lot. Everything, yeah. my page is old, and I and you can tell I stepped away from social media, and uh, I really focus on you know just just you know uh perfecting my craft and you know focus on football in school and my mom my mom she had me at a, a older age mm -hmm. and my mom is a single mother we've been through a lot man and when i say a lot a lot and i don't want to sit and make up no excuses i don't want no sympathy i just want to let you guys know that you know i worked for this it wasn't yeah. giving I didn't just go in and we had a great conversation. He loved me. It's film behind it. That yeah, film exactly. there, but it's film behind it. And it might not be against the top guys, but 
the same thing y'all seen on tape this year. I've been doing that for years. You feel me? So yeah, it's just I just felt like it was my time. I prayed for this. I get on my knees every night, every morning. I wake up and I just I just put my head down. I stay humble and I go to work. So um, that's that's just about it, man. So when I got that call, emotions was flowing high, and you know I was getting a lot of love and. It was just a great feeling, man. You deserve it. And I, I'm i getting goosebumps just listening to you talk because, listen, to get to the NFL, the odds of that are one in a million. One in a million. To hear your story and to leave the impression that you did on the GM and the Chicago Bears, the charter franchise. Let me just tell you this, to watch your tape, and I've been waiting to say this to the fans, like this is a three tech. This is a guy that's going to explode off every snap, no matter how or when, where, what. And it, there is a, he, thank you, by the way, for sending me your, game tape so I can cut it up and obviously fans saw it in your highlight and I'll DM you what we produced the intro we'll play it again because emotions were high for us when we got you on the show because we're so excited but yeah, I when think you walk of, back in that warehouse for work you play that intro Travis yes <laughs> <laughs> let him let him know you let him know <laughs> I that's I'm old enough to remember and I don't think you are but I want you, this is who I thought of. John Randall was undrafted, undrafted. He's too small. He's from a small school, Texas A&I. And he goes into Minnesota and goes to the Hall of Fame mm. because he had this right here. Exactly. The heart of a freaking grizzly bear, just ready to pounce. Your tape shows me that. There's a bubble screen. I put it in the the thing, uh, his intro, because I was just sitting there mesmerized by it, where you recognize screen, and you just freaking run out there like you're a Will linebacker running 4-4 and just destroy the, the bubble screen. And, like, every play, your hustle and your hand placement, I could see why they love you, and I, the personality... I just am excited to have you on the show, and I think Bears fans and you need to know how amazing Bears fans are going to embrace you. Like, we reached out to you, Alex Acevedo, me on my Instagram, and you responded right away. I'm like, I got to get this guy on the show. First guy ever drafted from Kennesaw State. What does that feel like? Honestly, man, words can't explain how they feel, man. I honestly feel like I I don't want to say that, but, you know, everywhere I go in Kennesaw, man, I'm, I'm noticing, and it's different for me now, so that's big, but it's, it's I'm past that, you know. I'm, a type, I'm the type of guy to just move on. Now it's time to, you know, prove myself because mm -hmm. you know, uh, I've been on social media lately for the, uh, for the first time in a while, and, I see a lot of people just, you know, talking down and just not speaking, not speaking too highly of me. And 
And that's kind of why I don't get into social media because things like that, and people can get caught up in that and they can lose track of, you know, the main goal. Yep. So uh, I just, I'm just thankful and blessed to be the first one, but I know it's going to be a lot more. I just opened up the door. I got hundreds and hundreds of people telling me I motivate them and, and uh, they're going to be the next one to go and things like that. So that's why I really do it, you know, to let those guys, like, it don't matter where you at. You can go. You can go play. If you if you can play ball, you gonna get noticed. And that's what they told me. That's what every team I talked to told me. And to remind you, uh, the Bears is, wasn't the only team that you know was interested in me. I talked to every team. And uh, and to be honest, man, I'm a loyal guy. Like my last year, I could have left and 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 did big things at at big places, but I decided to stay. You know. Wow. So that's where I felt home at. That's they helped me grow. Why would I leave somebody that helped me grow? You know. Yep. And that's how that's, I, a lot. that's how I felt, and that's how I approached the game. And uh, I just I'm a technician, and and I play with my heart on my sleeve. You know, so it don't get no better than that. And I've been playing the same position for five years. In high school, I played every position. We had a guy, and <laughs> uh, we had a guy on our team. He was like a four star, five star. He brought every team you can think of through our high school, and they always seen me pop out on his tape. And I come down; they'll bring, they'll ask to bring me down. And once they see me, they say, "Wow, can you play linebacker?" And I'm like, "I can, but I'm I've been playing this all my life. This is where I'm comfortable at, you know." So I'm just I'm just taking it day by day, man, and I'm learning. You know, uh, they didn't prepare me to talk in front of you guys, you know. <laughs> Like they do at other schools, so I'm learning. So I'm just talking in front of us is the easiest thing, and oh, you yeah. are going to only get positive on this show from these fans, all 448. And there was more waiting for you earlier, and I was just so excited about you because you are the the story that Rocky Balboa of college football, you, your tape is the truth. That's what this network stands for. The tape never lies network. And you are earned it, my friend. And loyalty, drive, you fit the hits philosophy. Your motor never ends. Your technique is there. But the reality of the character I see why Ryan Poles broke away from whatever political or whatever. He just said his truth about you. That's the kind of person the Bears are getting. And I, I was so, not going to lie, disappointed because I wanted the fans to see you mm. tonight and everybody now. So I'm so ecstatic that you're here. You'll never deal with negativity from this network. In fact, we're going to send you some TTNL swag. Your way. Yes. Appreciate oh, yeah. We're going to make sure you get uh, some TTNL swag here and, and, and welcome to Chicago and the Chicago bear. We're so excited for you, honestly. And I believe I don't, have you ever seen John Randall? Have you ever seen him play? Because I'm going to send you a link after to the DM on your Instagram. And I go, here's John Randall. He played for the Vikings, and he was a pain in our ass. 
Was that the only team he played for? Yes. I think maybe late in his career he was at the Seahawks. Yeah, he did. He went maybe to the Seahawks, he went to late, Seahawks yeah. quick late. He was an undersized defensive tackle, very, very oh similar, my God. but dominant. It's you know, you can go to the NFL combine, Travis. You can do all your workouts and you always hear them. You can't measure heart and you can't exactly. measure want to. And that's it's, your story proves that, man. So like I said, keep on keep on doing what you're doing. Now you're you got a big weekend coming up here. Yeah, I know. So yeah. when what's the uh oh. when are you when are you leaving for Chicago? Tomorrow morning. Wow. So look at you. It's gonna be a probably an uneasy night for you a little bit. A lot of excitement, a lot of just ready yeah. to go, huh? Yeah, it's like that first day of school, man. I got my clothes laid out. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, love I love it. it. <laughs> I love so yeah, speaking too. of having the clothes, so how did how did they handle that? Now, uh, when they talked to you, so we see you took number seventy three. Now, did they give you the option to choose, or Tony no. Medlin say we're going to give you number seventy three? Is that how that worked? I actually was just sitting down, man, and and my girlfriend was like, "Look," and I was like, "Oh, seventy three, okay, offensive line number. I don't, I don't mind." It yeah, is no. long as I long as I got a number on my back, man. That's know. right, exactly. And you know what? You can always change your number when you've shown your talent right. to everybody in Chicago and the NFL. I, I'm just telling you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm not hyping this up. This young man does it himself, and by God's will, he's driven himself to this place. Not the easy way. The hard way, working, struggling, probably eating too much fast food at some point and saying, you know what, I got to work out through it, whatever I can get. And you did what you did because you love the game of football. These fans are going to love you. And I'm just excited about you, the football player. And I can't wait to show our patrons your tape. Because it's the truth right there. It doesn't matter who you line up against. Listen, yeah. I played at Hofstra University. They no longer have a football program. They were one double A. I played with the guys. and Five of my teammates went on to the NFL. Mm. One of them, Wayne Corbett, became a pro bowl. He was five foot 10, 180 pounds, soaking wet, and went to the NFL, became a four, I think it was four-time pro bowl receiver, he made Keyshawn Johnson's ass work even harder because he worked so hard. He had the heart that you had. And you just love that about people. So your presence in Chicago is necessary. And they keep bringing up when they talk about the Bears, all of our defensive tackles we've signed. You see what I'm saying? They bring up all of them that they drafted because of you, man. You're not somebody to be overlooked trust me when i say that and we're excited about you as you should be excited if you're just tuning in we got new chicago bears how does that sound defensive tackle for your chicago bears travis bell on the show with us here at the tate never lies network shane you have another yeah question. travis did you get to talk to coach eberflus on that yeah. phone call did he tell you to get your track shoes ready? Uh, 
most deaf. Most. <laughs> I'm just I'm just ready to go to work, man. I'm get I'm I'm ready to get down there, you know, prove myself, man. Yeah. That's and one thing you're gonna want to remember with, with Coach Fluce. And when he says get your track shoes ready, he's not shitting. <laughs> you're gonna be ready to go. He's he's all about you know having that on switch permanently turned on and once you get there, man, you get to minicamp, number 218 overall, none of that shit matters anymore. Exactly. None of that shit matters anymore. You're there. You make your stamp. You get your track shoes on, and uh, you ring that bell. It's like a ding, ding. Exactly. It's like Apollo did. Just like Apollo <laughs> did right there. Ring that bell and, and make an imprint, man. And now we're, we're rooting for you here. Uh, Chicago Bay, listen, there's not a better fan base in the NFL, Travis. And if you go out there, nobody gives a shit where you were drafted, what number, you know, it was. If you go out there and you put in the effort and you show that it matters and you have that never give up attitude, Chicago is going to love you forever, bro. And your journey starts this weekend. And I, I am so looking forward to it. I, I'm just as excited as you are. To, to, to watch your journey, man. I, I can't wait. I'm, I I want to say this too, Travis, a word of advice. Then I want to play what Ryan Poles said about you with to you. The media. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And to the media, to all of us fans, because I'll be the first. I, I cut all this tape on the draft. When your name was called, I keep it 100 on keeping it 100. I was like, I don't have anything. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend. That's why I asked you for your tape today, and that's all I did for four hours is just watch your tape and be so excited to talk to you tonight to let you know this. And I want to give you this words of advice real quick. The, the essence of guys that have been given everything, like the five-star guys that have gone on in – living on the NIL life and whatever, don't let anybody direct you. You direct. You go 100 miles an hour like you did at Kennesaw State, even if everybody else is jogging, because you set the tone. That's what a coach says. There ain't no way I'm cutting that kid. There is no way. You always go 100 miles an hour. The best condition athletes are going to make it. And watching your tape, man, you have the ability and the talent. And you could shock the whole goddamn world with what you were able to do for the Bears. And I, that's why Ryan Poles said this. Did you hear what he said about you? Did you happen uh, to hear? You talking about the post-conference? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Do you want to hear it again? Yes, I would love to hear it again. <laughs> where, where is it? Did someone delete it off there? Uh, I didn't. Jesus. thought I had it up there. I got to get it again. I think one of the guys might have deleted it. I'm going to upload it again, Travis. Don't worry. Okay, okay. I'm loving to hear it again. But the reality of what you bring to the table out of the three tag, have they talked to you about position where they want you? 
to play, or have they just said you're playing defensive line and we'll go from there? Um, we talked about, you know, playing the interior defensive yeah. line. Nothing. It, yeah, nothing. I could see you being this three tag just exploding. I can't wait for people to see, but here it is. Ryan Poles talking about this young man, Travis Bell, formerly of Kennesaw State. He's now a Chicago Bear. Travis Bell, uh, this is probably one of my favorite human beings. Uh, he is a special person. Uh, I didn't want him to leave after his 30 visit, and he didn't want to leave either. Uh, there's something different about this guy. Um, he is passionate about the game. You know, when you talk about having a full-time job during the season and showing up to the locker room in your clothes with your ID badge and your little knife, you know, from his job, um, that tells you what the game means to him. He's working um, and, and, and football and practice is recess to him. And those are the guys that we want. And he plays hard. His film, he's rank, he goes sideline to sideline. Like you said, that is not a lie. And it stands out on tape. I love the intensity that he plays with. Um, and again, that's going to make us better. You know, coming out of high school, the guy played D-line, running back, linebacker, fullback, everything. Um, you can see that in the way that he moves. With and then finish, he was like, oh, I'm at these training facilities with these power five guys. They have no idea how good they got it. Um, he's just, there's just something about him. There's something special about the human being, the energy that he has, and um, the passion for the game. Um, you can just tell like, just a, a good person that you want around. Wow. wow. Stuff. Come on, man. I mean, you could see the smile on Ryan Pohl talking about you. That's how I feel tonight talking about it. there's something energetically that you bring to the table that we fans were excited to hear the GM talk about. Then to get you on our show tonight, you're just the cherry on top, man. The cherry on top to hear your big energy, knowing your first day is tomorrow. But what did you feel just listening to that? Man, honestly, it gives me chills, bro. I don't want to get emotional because I'm a, I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> no, I did not, man. Really emotional guy. But between the white lines, I'm a nasty guy. But outside the white lines, man, I'm a regular guy, you know? Yeah. But, uh, man, that's that's just major, man, because, you know, I just – I prayed for this. I, I manifested this. I visioned this and ever since I was a little kid. And it happened, man. I remember my high school coach used to tell me, like, hey, man, listen, don't give up. I know them offers ain't coming. It, it is what it is, man. Wherever you go, you, you I, I, I believe in you. And I will never forget that conversation and – it's just all, you know, coming full circle for me. Yeah, and I, I, I like what you said there that it that it happened. But just keep this mindset. It's it's just starting for you, Travis. Exactly. You're, you're going someplace, man. Like I said, this is a this is your 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 swing, your opportunity that you've been waiting for. And uh, I just we want to be respectful of your time too, dude, because we know that yeah. you got a you got a early morning and a, and a big trip, but man. We want to definitely keep in contact with you and and have you back after you know things settle down for you a little bit. Maybe maybe bring on your girlfriend. We'll introduce her to the world and see what it's like. Yeah. I'd like to hear her experiences with you on draft day and walking into that that situation. But yeah. we'll uh, 
<laughs> that would be great, man. That would be funny, man. We'll have to yeah. get her on the next time. We're going to have to have you on again. We don't want to. Shane's 100% right. Keep you. You got a big flight. Yeah. But we want to, obviously, I can DM you on Instagram and get your uh, your information, and we're going to send you some TTNL swag. What size are you? What are you uh, looking to wear? Double X. Double X? Do you want, do you yes, want a T-shirt, or are you looking for a hoodie? What do you want? I would love a hoodie, man. It's going to be cold up there. I'm going to need oh, a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get you a hoodie. We're getting you a, we're getting you a hoodie, no <laughs> doubt about it. And uh, listen, I want to keep you for like another 25 minutes. I no, think this is the uh, Travis Bell man. energy. As Brian Poles didn't want you to leave. I don't even want you to leave. But honestly, the journey starts now. And I want to personally say all of the best to you man your story is a triumph it's an inspiration to many people never give up ever give up and if you love something so much that drive that passion can take you as far as you said you manifested this use all of the thing the nights you're cutting cardboard boxes and delivering medicine whatever you're doing that's your motivation because you're going to be in a league where everything is football and um, amazing opportunities are going to come your way, my man. Mm -hmm. Keep being who you are. Never forget who you are. And please, last thing, thank your mom and your girlfriend. Thank your mom and your girlfriend. Absolutely. Because if you have that support, no matter what you're going through, never forget those people are in your corner. Trust me. And all the best to you, Travis. And Thanks. here's the best advice you'll get, Travis. What? Deep dish pizza is overrated <laughs> in Chicago. Don't, don't listen to him. But it's don't overrated. listen to him, Travis. Don't listen to him. It's delicious. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> That's our producer, Ivan. He is in Chicago. Me and Shane are on the East Coast. And okay. you're in Alabama, right? Or no, I'm in Kennesaw. Uh, Kennesaw. All right. all right. You're in Kennesaw. Kennesaw, George. You're in George. So you're on the East Coast with us. So we got to yeah. let you go to sleep. If you can sleep. I don't know. What time's your flight? Uh, is it 10.53? Yeah. <laughs> 10.53. 10.53, man. Uh, Southwest Airlines. Going on that 10. Or is it United? I'm sorry. It's definitely United. <laughs> Yeah, gotta be because the Bears are sponsored by United. So, anyway, anything else you want to shout anybody out? Anything? Uh, I want to shout out that job that everybody's talking about, man. I want to shout out everybody there Justin, his mother, uh, my boy Tommy, all the employees, you know, everybody that believed in me. They helped me out, make it through that, um, helped me make it through this journey as well. So, my mom, my girlfriend, of course, my high school D-line coach, my college D-line coach, the whole coaching staff at Kennesaw. Uh, shout out all these people that's watching right now, you know, showing love. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Being, being in Kennesaw, man, you got to know uh, 
a certain QB one in Chicago, then, huh? Justin yes, Fields. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go up to him and say, "Sir, who you are, and I will never touch you in practice." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the guy that's getting you the ball back on game day. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I was watching him on. Uh, I think it was Netflix or something like that. Mm-hmm. And show he was on and came on my visit and I'm literally in the locker room with him. So I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Kind of trippy, right? It is yeah. trippy. It I can fun. only imagine this young Wait man. Wait till you meet Larry Mayer. Oh, Jesus. Larry up there. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All the best to you, Travis. Absolutely. We're going to set it up again. I'll DM you and get you where you want me to mail that to and we'll set this up again for when you have free time, you know, because you're going to be busy, but we'll be here for you, supporting you 120% the way you deserve it. Social media is very, very, what we call it? It's a death trap of stupidity. Mm. So when you come on here, that's what we deal with. We have fought against the narratives and the bullshit. That's what we do. And that's why you came on here because we wanted to let everybody in Chicago and all these amazing fans who you are and how excited we are and how they got to get behind you energetically and support number 73, Travis Bell of your Chicago Bears. You have a great flight, my man. Be safe. safe. travels, my man. Yes, sir. All the best. Don't forget those track shoes. Get those track shoes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All the best, man. Have a good Good one, Travis. All right, man. Thanks for having me, man. God bless. Bear down. Travis Bell. So excited. Ivan, we were about to shout out and wrap up. That was the best shout out ever. Fucking awesome. That was awesome. I mean, listen, this dude is literally got to get up. If his flight's at 1050, he's got to get up at like seven something or whatever to get over there. Like, this dude said, you know what? Fuck, I'm going on this show. That says a lot about that. He could have easily just been like, ah, fuck, you know, I'll come on another time. He had the integrity enough to do that. Yeah, shout out to that dude. I mean, I wish Dude. him the best. I hopefully, hopefully, is another John Randall story for us. Then that'd be fucking incredible. Oh my god! I tell you, I'm watching that training camp. Exactly. Ivan's oh, gonna yeah. be our man on the scene. Fly, I might have to fly out there and go to a training camp. You right? know how? That's you know the, the, we think, the, the. We think yeah. we might do that with the kids. The, bring them out the that. camp. The one thing that that made me smile the most talking to Travis was <clears> when he said, "Yeah, we're gonna send you some." swagged he's like for real you know it just i mean it was just you know it's it's awesome yeah you know it you know that it matters and you can see why yeah you're damn right i want want a hoodie it gets cold in chicago (laughs) he ain't just using it he's gonna use two hoodies yeah we're gonna get him a the stats are for losers and a ttnl hoodie just like this one right here absolutely but um no, dude, oh, that's God. the we were heading into our shout outs, and I say we wrap with that yes. as our as our walk off. That, that was the best shout, shout out, out ever. Biggest shout out to Travis Bell. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, Ivan, you and Claudio not you knocked it out. That's exactly the bell dozer. I'm so yeah. excited. This network, 
always stands for the truth. You guys killed it tonight. And that was the biggest surprise. All those people that walked out of the stadium against Bears Saints yeah, back yeah, when Mike a, Dicka was the, the coach of the Saints. Curtis drive in the fourth quarter. Exactly. They left and missed Travis Bell on TTNL. It even rhymes, for God's sake. Yeah. What a great night. Shane, anything else you want to add? Are we good? No, man. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it with words. I yeah, just get out of here while the getting's good. Travis, you just the smile when we talk about what we let off the show with, we're wrapping up the show with. We want we yeah. want the raw emotion Authentic. of BHL. He, when, he said it. Authentic. He said yeah. it. Claudio said it. I said yeah. it. Courtney Cronin said it. This has been an amazing night of TTNL. Yeah. You fans, we love you. If you haven't signed up for patronage, do it. Saturday morning, Coach O, myself, and Shane. I don't know if you're going to be there. You should, I will. You're working. <laughs> I'll let you know. But my dad will be here in studio with me, breaking down Trevon Dexter, Ivan Will you be there? Oh, yeah. Ivan will be there. I think Eric Kramer wants to be there as well. Phil, can you hear me? This is your dad speaking. Can you hear me? <laughs> we'll be live. Dexter and uh, Pickens breaking their tape down for everybody. Yeah, they'll be looking over their shoulder. They'll be looking over their shoulder. Who's that 73? Bro. Wait till you see his tape. Didn't you? They got in high school or in college, wasn't there? There wasn't there always that dude that you're like, where did he come from? He's smaller, but he just he's relentless. He never gives up. He's a he's a fucking gnat. He's irritating me. That's who <laughs> Travis needs to be moving forward. He Travis, needs to be that dude. I am so excited about him, man. Honestly. Listen, he sent the tape. He's like, I'm busy, man. I'm, I hate to. And then, of course, tonight, the poor kid. But like Claudio said and Ivan said, I know we're wrapping up, but I think it needs to be said. It's like, you know what? I got to get on with these guys. Fuck it. I'm going to go on despite having to get up early. Just says everything. Yeah. I'm tired. I know you're tired. But I can never be tired of the truth. That's what we'll bring here. Thank you all for joining us tonight on the best Bears show and podcast on the planet, Ivan. We've got to upload that podcast. No, <laughs> no, we're very economical, my family. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. On the planet. We'll be Your back list. next week with another surprise guest and more tape analysis and breakdowns of the draft to get you guys ready for the football season. For Shane, the smartest man, Marsaw, Claudio, the barber moderator, and the super producer, Ivan Vargas. I'm your guy, Draft Dr. Phil. We'll see you next time here. Keeping it 100 on the tape. Never Lies Network. Peace. P.O.
Politics, DDP said fuck a cap and arena tricks. We trying to build a dynasty out of heap of shit. McCaskey money rolling in, but that don't mean shit to diehard fans. No matter where they move the stadium in Chicago land, you can't escape the aftermath. You can't win no stats and block boy math. The battle starts in the trenches. You can't fix Nagy's offense with 35 wrenches. Up in the nosebleeds, you smell the play call stenches. The sledge feels drop. Jewels like Osco, tell the G sell the team wholesale, Costco. McCaskey's grimace, zero accountability, the wise cause regression, performance is the plaza, the Bears stay at the West End, guess it, competition bringing out the best in, anything you do but pace, Bears feign obsession, wrong personnel, this team never play the best, performance over politics, the bear opposite, Virginia still smiling, Millhouse praising culture, George talking leaders, reading script on his ulcer, where the fuck is pace, hiding behind the wise, Performance over policy. Performance over policy. Performance over policy. Performance over policy.